show may contain naughty language and explicit content. You have been warned. Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast. Bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Face Hammer, episode 77. It's me, Russ the Face Feel, and I'm joined by Les, the Major Win Martin, and Byron, Fat Dick Spirit Order. Hiya. Hiya. You know, it's his bonus spirit. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's bone splitter, it's what we had to call it. We couldn't call it big dick energy, right? So, well, Byron basically is a bonus splitter. You <laughs> <laughs> could have introduced us all as um, Warhammer Champion, world champion. Well, yeah, I should have done. Let's do it again. Champion. Welcome to Face Hammer, episode 77. <laughs> it's me, Russ, the world champion, Veal, and I'm joined by Les, world champion, Martin, and Byron, the world champion, Ord. Woo! How's that? Other world champions are available, just not on yeah. the top. <laughs> just just not on this yeah and i would like to get them on actually at some point but um yeah so uh obviously <laughs> we're going to talk about the etc so um people are bitter turn off now um no, <laughs> you, um, uh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, shots fired uh no. um so we've just come back from serbia this time last weekend we were beating somebody um then we, <laughs> um, we're just uh, going to talk about the event itself, um, our road to the ETC, our findings, our matchups, and um, how it went. And obviously, for people who have seen that England managed to win the Age of Sigma um, ETC, so we're very, very happy about that. Shout out to the 40k boys as well, who also won the ETC, the England 40k team. Yeah. Shout out to the ninth age, you finished in mediocrity. Well done. And Fletcher sorry, finished fifth, wasn't it? The Flames yeah. Award, I think maybe. Yeah, so I think. Yeah, yeah I'm just, I'm just joking. Yeah, Mikey, um, Mikey we're looking at you, mate. Cost us yeah, ashes. Cost the ashes as well. What's that about? Congrats to Australia. Um, I wasn't Close, there. By the That's my disclaimer. Like last game, last result yeah. to the point. Yeah. yeah so I think. Um, anyway. <laughs> let's let's not just make everyone annoyed in the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going to come across horrendous who people don't know we're joking um, he's about to switch off the rest of the podcast is going to be filled with nothing but love for everyone we played because it was an absolutely amazing experience and event so we should be able to counter out our lack of appropriateness and modesty pretty succinctly <laughs> so um, for people who don't know um, what is the ETC tournament you guys, it's tournament yeah well done uh, so um, it is the Warhammer World Cup, essentially. So it's not, it, even though it stands for the European Team Championship, uh, obviously it involves teams, but it's not just Europe. It is open to anyone who can get there, basically. Yeah, it's, it's just held in Europe. Europe. Because yeah. the density of the nations, and that's where it began. Um, not sure how many years ago, but uh, yeah, it is. For our event, it was six-player teams. Uh, maybe that will change to eight, which has been traditional in the past at some point in the near future, which would be great. But uh, six-player teams, and we had 12 nations. I think yep. for us, yeah. That's right. Um, so the ETC is made up of multiple game systems. It was held in Serbia, in Novi Sad, uh, this year. It's been there before. I was back in Serbia six years ago when it was um, 8th edition. Um, and 
it's basically there. I think there were seven hundred and ninety-six gamers at the event. Yeah, that gives you some idea of the scale. Um, it it was very hot. <laughs> it was it was that very hot in Serbia. You, that doesn't give you the scale of how hot it was. But no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, we're all in a big gaming hall. Um, there's all the team. It's all team based gaming. Uh, there are some singles events around the edges. I and mean, there was Warhammer Underworlds, and there was some single events in the lead up to the ETC. I think it starts on the Wednesday. Yeah, there was a um, singles AOS event, wasn't there? Yeah, some people use it to get in some practice beforehand. Yeah. It's quite a good idea, Did, really. They had like painting and stuff as well for it. I think Dagmar won the singles um, for her uh, painting for her daughters of Kane army, from what I remember. Um, yeah, I think I think she mentioned it. Yeah, so yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I think yeah, I didn't actually realize it was at the ETC singles event, but that makes sense. So yeah, that's cool. So um, basically, a lot of gamers, a lot of gaming going on um, in a foreign country, and there's a lot of work that goes into getting ready to go. Um, so I think. Firstly, um, we should just talk about the kind of the lead up to the UTC. Um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense for anyone who, like, we're doing this for people who aren't in the know, as well as people who are in the know. So if we start at ground zero, like, how is at team selected and why were we on it? Yeah, and I think we had the. Um, I was just trying not to say stuff that's really inappropriate and jokey because I know yeah, it'd be funny. I, I said something um, so, against it. I was like, no, we're going to do this properly and not annoy people. Yeah. We'll try to, yeah. Um, so basically, um, as just many of you probably, I don't know if any of you people listeners may not have played Old Warhammer. So the Night Phage is the game that evolved from 8th edition Warhammer. So it's like 9th edition. Um, so it's more traditional rank and flank. And that was the game that the ETC carried forward in the competitive play. And Age of Sigmar um, was in attendance last year. Um, and there's like a committee of captains and organizers and they have votes on how they want to run the event, where the event's going to be held, um, what systems they're going to run. Then there's votes from the captains of all the teams of what the rulings are going to be what faqs are in place so it's a very democratic process um in england in the past we've always had this um the captain elected from the previous team and the um selection committee which is a group of like other people who aren't going um from the from the community um and then people put applications in and the captain has a vote and the committee has a vote and you have to write a basic application and say, this is why I want to play for for whatever, you know, for England. Um, and we say, you know, then that's reviewed and different factors are taken into account, like your performance, your attitude, um, and your kind of what you've put in the application, how dedicated you're going to be, because you could be the best player in the world. But if you don't put the effort in, in terms of practice, you bring your ego to the table and you don't support people, then you're not a good team player. So, it's important to get the right mix of personalities and armies and players more so than six really good individual players. I mean, you yeah. could have I mean, someone who is a fantastic player with uh, one particular army and that might they might have a very distinct playstyle with that one, but it's not an army that is going to be suitable in the ETC, for example. Like There's loads of situations or permutations that you wouldn't think about. Out of interest, what did you guys say, as long as it wasn't bribing, in your uh, in your applications? Can you remember? 
I honestly can't remember what I put in mine. I think I just said I'm rough the face feel. No, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. no, I didn't. That's a joke, internet, just in case. That is a joke. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm joking. Um, I can't remember. I think it was, um, I, I, you know, I essentially laid out that I'd played, um, you know, at the two Six Nations previously um, and that I, you know, that I'm a team player and I'll do whatever I'm told to do by the, the team captain, which, you know, as Russ said earlier on about sort of like people good with different armies, people good with, uh, you know, different things. And sometimes you have to make sacrifices for the team. So I went into the England after the selection thing, we'll get to a bit later on. Like, you know, I went into that going, I want to play Slanesh. And we were told, no, we're not going to play Slanesh. Um, you know, um, we're going to, uh, you know, we'd like you to play Deepkin. So I practiced with Deepkin, destroyed my one Deepkin army and bought a new one just for the ETC because I wouldn't have played it otherwise. Took it to Six Nations and then was told I they'd like me to play Fire Slows. So then I had to do a crash course in Fire Slows, which is an army that I would never have chosen to do. And up until recently, didn't even enjoy playing with, which like me and you had multiple conversations about Russ, aren't we? So. Yeah, and I think um, before getting into too much about the the Sunesh um, fiasco that we went through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we um, should, should touch on that, yeah. No, we will talk about it. I just uh, wanted to talk a little bit more about the the lead-up before we get into that that sort of nitty-gritty. But I think that's the kind of... You put you almost put your hobby on hold. You do. And mean, you put your, to- your individual performance at tournaments on hold because you're doing stuff to prep for the event. Like I did Legion of Grief. I paid a load of Blade Geist. I took them to a, I took them to a Heat. Um, you know, I did. I did other things. I painted an entire Slash army in five weeks. Um, I submitted my list before I even played a game of it. Um, there's, you know, I, there's an awful lot of stuff. I was playing um, Flesh Eaters, and I wanted to keep playing them, and because I know Tony was probably going to play them, I had to just stop playing them and do something else. So we all have to make sacrifices, and to our sort of personal glory if that's the way to to frame it or a personal hobby almost as well for the part of the team and and, you know like i didn't want to paint a snesh army let's be honest i had other things i wanted to get on with i had to put all that on hold um i'm glad i've got it now but the point is at the time when you're not motivated to do something and you've got a whole pile of models you want to paint you can't touch um and a whole pile of models you have to paint and they're and you're like, well, I don't really want to paint these, but I've got to. And even um, uh, to the extremes of a new edition that you can't read, if you mean. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, couldn't even right. read a handbook. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to put anything in my head that's going to confuse me, so I won't do. I won't There's do a that. reason we haven't done a handbook show, and that's because we were all in the ETC team. So I don't know what is in it. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't look at it until yesterday. Well, this, you know, like <laughs> last weekend. Other than the playtesty stuff, I think so. But yeah, like, exactly. But like. It, to be honest, even during the playtest, I took a little bit of a back seat on the scenarios and stuff because I, I, at the time we were pretty snowed in, and there was there was a big a bigger group, so I just kind of let them do that bit. You know, I didn't I didn't get that involved, um, and it was a long time ago, so I've forgotten a lot of it anyway. So yeah. I said um, in the last bit of Les's, I think my application was a sentence long, and I just said, "I will do whatever I'm told to do. I'll take whatever I'm told to take, and I will actually play practice games." And I'll yeah, that's it. So that was my that was the entirety of my application uh, covering letter, if you will. I think I wrote like a whole page. I went through like what I've done in the past, and you know, armies I play, and attitude, and where I've you know been to the ETC three times before, and things like that. But um, <clears throat> I think uh, I think we should probably talk about the. I think it was the Turkish team that brought AOS to ETC last year. Yeah, it was. And there was only four teams, but I think because they were playing AOS 1, 
um, and a lot of people didn't have time to get a team together. But great on those people to yeah, that's why we got to get that this there, year. and we got this year, and we had twelve teams this year, and next year hopefully there'll be twenty plus thirty teams, um, and I think there will be. I think the coverage is really good. Um, we will when we talk through stuff in this, we will forget people. Um, honestly, there everyone are a who's. Hundred. And they were all lovely. So, exactly. Yeah, please don't um, take it personally. I love yeah. every one of you. So I was a big shout out to the um, Tony Moore, the previous captain of the AOS Six Nations. And the Six Nations, I think, has been a really, really important model um, and team competitive play, international competitive play for AOS. And I think that's led the way to AOS getting back into the, well, into the ETC uh, as a competitive international game. So everyone involved in that, and that's, you know, all the teams, you know, Team Wales, Team Ireland, um, Team Northern Ireland, you know, Team Sweden, yeah. you know, Team Scotland, all ben the people Green. that have... Yeah, ben, started it, like, yeah. Yeah, all the people that have hosted, all the captains, you know, people who've run events. There's so many people, we, we won't mention all of you, but... Um, just yeah it i think all of that has been instrumental to where we are now with um so thanks everyone and thanks to tony for getting team england off up and running um and i think uh tom was was sort of selected from that six nations team as the captain i believe that's no, how he, he came about he was, he, uh, he was the only one he basically there was no england oh, right. And he basically put himself forward as a non-playing captain and wrote a manifesto on the the TGA, which you can go and look at, at what he wanted to do as an as the England captain. So no one else was doing it. No one else had the, yes, uh, any interest in it at all. And Tom went, well, I'd like there to be an England team, so I'm going to put myself forward for it, which is where. So yeah. you know, he was the only one that did it. So like he did it. You know, fair play. Anyone could have took that opportunity, but no one did, and it was Tom yeah. that did it. He did it quite well as well. Um, And what was, uh, I think there's still traditional the way the ETC team has been selected with with the committee and with the the captain's vote and how the captain gets appointed. All of that is, there's no specific rule for the ETC. It's like each country decides. Yeah, some of them do it by, uh, I was talking to one, I think it might be Poland where the top 20 players in the country elect one person to be captain and then that captain just has absolute rule over every decision that's made well anyone can apply from that top 20 and then the top 20 vote on the people they think are the most appropriate which is a kind of interesting way of doing it they nominate a supreme ruler and then just rock on yeah i think the um the way that that england does is typically quite fair when you compare it to some of the other countries um because the problem is you end up with like one person in almost like being able to keep keep going every year but with England it's normally the captain is someone who's been in the institution before and then it's it's done to applications and committee mm-hmm. um, so by previous team members as well I think last two yeah. years something like that yeah for normally in the past it was the captains nominated from the team and the team vote on it and then there's a selection committee elected by the community and then people put their applications in and then that group elect who's on the team. But I don't know how it's going to work going forward. But I think I'll probably do a show with Tom and talk to him about how yeah. it will come about just to give it, because I don't really know from an outside point of view. I'm just talking about it generally. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, 
get Tom on board and and just him to explain how maybe how he uh, you know how he went about it and then sort of like any future plans I suppose if there is any yeah exactly um so we we all put our applications in and and were successful in being selected and I think we can probably put a little bit of a pin in that going forward um I would like to say that obviously we did the six nations and that was eight players um and the team is bigger than the people who went to the event which just for completeness read them out now was non-playing captain Tom Maudsley uh Jack Armstrong Les Byron myself uh Nigel the water boy um Darren Watson Tony yeah that's it Tony Moore Kate Moore and then at the Six Nations, we were joined by uh, James Timsdale and Richie McCurley and Laurie Huggett Wild. Yep. Yes, yeah. we were. I missed anyone? Yep. No, that's it. That's the complete okay. list. <laughs> I'm getting really paranoid now. I <laughs> <laughs> missed somebody. Um, so we um, we obviously went to the Six Nations, and we've done a show on that already, and we we managed to to win that. But in terms of lead up to the event, we had some lists we had to set in. Um, so, I mean, you touched on already, Les, about how you ended up with Fire Slayers, but do you want to just expand on it a little bit or? Yeah. I mean, like, so, um, initially, like I said, um, I wanted to, I've had like a Slanish army idea bounced around in my head, um, for a little while. Um, I spoke to a couple of people about it. Um, and initially it was a case of when the Slanish book dropped, I was like, look, I want to take Slanish, um, you know, uh, Jack and, and Tom, who were both very, um, both very sort of like hands on with the list design and the way things uh, work, sort of like uh, had a chat with me and was like, look, guys, you know, well, look, let's like, you know, I mean, we all had WhatsApp groups, uh, specific WhatsApp groups to discuss what lists we're going to be taking yeah. to the ETC. So this was like a constant stream of information that we were discussing all the time. Um, I was talking about Slanesh uh, at that point in time. The guys were like, um, we're not sure that it is competitive enough and particularly in a team environment setting we feel that i don't know if deep pin will be better because you get to they're super aggressive you get to bully shooting matchups um and you know you can really sort of like people are not going to want to play it in the matchup process which again is a massive part of what being on a team in a team event is is that sometimes you take lists so skewed one way you've never particularly do well with them at singles but in a team event when you can bully your opponents into not wanting to face it so that you can get the right matchup for that list um you know it's it's ideal um so yeah decided uh, we were going to take the deepkin list you know, we covered it off on the show. Was playing with it. Um, at Byron's managed to destroy the army, like rebought the army because I had to have the army because that's what I was taking. Um, when I probably wouldn't have done. Um, got the army and took it to Six Nations. Um, you know, we cover it off uh, a little bit during the the Six Nations show where, you know, I didn't, uh, it didn't, the list didn't perform particularly well. Um, you know, I I felt that I was on the ball with the game inside of things. I mean, at that point, I'd nearly played a hundred games of Deepkin, so I knew what it did and I knew how it performed in certain matchups. And you know, I'd, I'd come off the back of a relatively good, uh, relatively good Safe Coast GT. Um, you know, on the last round playing Ricky Me on Table Four. You know, if I'd have won that, you know, I'd been top five um you know with a, a team event list essentially in a singles tournament um but yeah like didn't particularly perform well um uh, due to maybe the matchup process maybe yeah, like you know i took a couple of the difficult matches um or maybe i just wasn't on it on the day or or what i thought it was is that the list didn't have 
perhaps as much legs as I thought it did because you're only one double turn. You're one double turn away with Deepkin from destroying your opponent, but you're also only one double turn away from being destroyed yourself. Um, so come back out of ET, uh, Six Nations and was like, I just don't think it's good enough. Um, you know, put Slanesh on the cards again and they were like, we're not sure. Um, we'd, you know, what do you think about Fire Slayers? Richie's had a really good run with that list. And I was like... <sighs> don't really like fire slayers but you know if that's what you want me to take then you know i'll, I'll take it because you know that's um you know that, that's what i did so um decided to take it drove down to london to meet laurie to get the army on a sunday morning um you know which is like a four-hour drive essentially um to go and get it because jack was lending me the army so i didn't have to buy it um and then it was all about and like you you laugh about it russ don't you but it's all about getting like repetitions in them with the army and i've played like since uh after six nations i've played 42 games with fire slayers yeah yeah you know just to get the reps in which you laugh at but like you just, <laughs> i only love because it's like a fitness term because fitness term, you're them. like you talk about it all the time so yeah, just like get, get, get reps in um but yeah super it's, set it's, what super set it with a fire <laughs> uh, but yeah it's like get reps in with it and you know it's like it, it, it played off you know i mean i do think the list is very good i do think the list is very tough and i do think i'm quite now i've played it enough i'm probably quite good with it i mean i played 42 games and i've lost four but like i've only lost competitively i've only lost one game at a tournament with it i mean you know that was against jp at the heat um you know practice games i lost to to you dan bradshaw and darren watson so yeah i think um it's a it's quite a testament that you you took an army that you literally have no interest in playing that let's be honest is pretty dull to play with um it, it sort um, of depends if you want to win. It's fun. It's yeah. fun. But like, you Winning's know, it's fun. Anyway, right? so. Preparing to ask me about my army next. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am. So, Byron. <laughs> so, on the subject of um, well-balanced armies, uh, we had some chats in the group. Obviously, I'm known for playing Mixed Order, and I'm pretty good at it, and I've got various builds, and I, I thought it was pretty strong. There were two builds that I... I test out one in the Masters, actually, which is, like, maximum super drops techie skinky um phoenix heavy monster heavy everything and then i tested out a seven drop version of it it's a lot more aggressive that had a unit of um valkites in in the it's one i took to the team event that we did at warhammer world uh, i thought both of those were very strong lists and had a good chance um tried them out a little bit uh, but it was always going to be from like the moment we started talking about lists it was it's going to be that or the ruck and it's probably going to be the ruck so test them out uh and we had a chat about it and we just thought that the ruck would be really good in the team environment so i shamelessly stole savas like pretty much at the time we thought perfectly tuned ruck list which is very very strong like 230s with bows uh 10 10 uh hand weapon shield which are just useless uh, but they have to be there and you take it in a one-drop formation where if you roll a six, unit comes back to life. And you have the brooch in it for spamming command points and getting multiple shots off on a roll of a five-plus. It's a very procedural army. Like you, you do things in the right order, and it does a lot of damage, uh, probably in the first turn. Because most of the time in the current environment, you are going to be taking the first turn. Um, now, that's the list I thought I was going to be taking. And I took two events, took it to America to play it abroad. Um took in the uk and all the while it was getting better and better in terms of every new book that came out was something that it was good against so slanesh came out it's good against that it's good against feck it's good against corn um 
so it seemed it, it just became a more and more of a done deal that it would be a very good idea in a team event and it was the power lists as well like it's not so good against grots but there was one grot list in the etc for example so very last minute i had a bit of a think about uh primarily because fire slayers appeared and they are ridiculous for most people to play against um and there's a few matchups. Skaven is one. Daughters was another where it's a little bit wobbly because even if you kill three quarters of someone's army, a quarter of it, like Marathi and a cauldron and six witch shelves, can literally wipe my army. Um, so I was having a think about what I needed to do to to kind of sort that out and, and be, ironically, a more well-rounded list in a team environment. <laughs> um, and the answer was... <laughs> it was to spam command points. <laughs> the I like... I know it's a simple change, but I actually think this is probably one of the most intelligent and ballsy list ideas I've ever had. And that was to drop my army down to the absolute minimum um, and take... Uh, yeah. It's almost like the minimum effective dose to do what it does. Exactly. So I dropped 480 points out of my list, um, changed a couple of core units up to Arrow Boys, which in retrospect was completely pointless. Um, I should have gone with Tom's idea. And then I made it so my list starts with eight command points and gets another one for nine in the first turn of the game and then you just do what it was doing anyway but you do it to a ridiculous degree obviously this isn't a thing anymore so it's not particularly educational to talk about and it's a stupid list anyway but um it made it so i had a very decent chance of wiping uh skaven vec uh daughters not that i got to play them um basically anything that was out there was bent i was more bent and was going to fuck them um, as long as things went in my way. Uh, what I didn't bank on, though, was literally every single team having coached their players the most on how to play my list out of any list at the event because it was so extreme. So most of my opponents deployed very well against me. A couple of them deployed, like, to perfection. So my games were... Um, they weren't as much done deals as I thought they would be potentially. But, yeah, that's... So my... I, I had to pay up 20 more dudes um, and it turned out that I didn't actually need them because I ended up dropping 30. Uh, so that is, uh, that's where my list ended up and it, it did what it needed to do. Like people did not want to face my list. I think the most any team had was two lists that I didn't want to face and the majority of them only had the one. Um, so it, it did exactly what it was intended to do. Um, and also it was quite interesting because like on the 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 Wednesday or the Thursday, we played out the game against Fire Slayers, haven't we? And then yeah. and like Tom sat there and like there was like a, a light bulb moment where he was like, hang on, I think this beats it. And Tom mapped it out with you. And then all of a sudden Fire Slayers went from being a shaky matchup to a really good matchup. Yeah, or at least not as bad as it is for everyone else um, yeah. in the team. So that was a... That, yeah, that like that cemented it then. We had a couple of discoveries about the list and how it worked, but um, yeah, it just it did what it needed to do. Uh, I can honestly say I've got worse at Warhammer over the last six months, like without a shadow of a doubt. I kept on looking to my left and right throughout the games and being like, my God, people are having to do so much and think about so many things and look at them playing out of their skin. And then here's that, like, here's me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to a change now. I did actually enjoy it far more than I thought I would. And I think that's because so many of the games I had were against really hard armies. Number one, it didn't feel bad. And number two, what was left could absolutely muller what was left of me. So multiple games I ended up having to win with like a Savage Orc, Big Boss, a Shaman, and then 10 hand weapon shield guys running around on objectives and just trying to die as slowly as possible, which was uh, actually really enjoyable. 
Yeah, just scrambling, right? With yeah, the, absolutely. The, the, the crap scramble. you've got left. So, what about you, Russ? Well, I had a bit of a weird. I was in a bit of a weird place because basically, um, I had a lot going on in like my real life life. Um, um, stuff, random shit going on with like my job and bits some health stuff. And uh, basically, I wasn't even at one point. I wasn't even going to go. Um, and then I hadn't really. I spoke to Tom and said, "Look, I'm going to be pretty much away away from keyboard, if that's the right way to to <laughs> to state it." Um, and I'll come in quite late at the end. Um, I I did want to play Sylvaneff. Um, there was a Sylvaneff list. Um, that I was thinking about and obviously there was delays to that and that's why it wasn't allowed in ETC um, so I was I was playing death and I sort of dabbled over the heat I played corn. Um, um, I took Legion of Blood with Nefrata to the Six Nations and to be honest it wasn't very successful um, <clears throat> that's when I kind of decided just before then that I was going to go um, and I just submitted a list quite last minute without putting much thought into it and and it in retrospect it wasn't a good decision um i had a pretty rough run um uh, basically just being gristle gourd um and in my head i was just thinking if you're not if you're not striking first or going twice or making them go last and you're playing a combat army you pretty much can't win you just you're just not going to beat another combat army that is doing that um age of activation yeah, Age of Strike first, I like to call it, but um, it's, yeah, and I was thinking, okay, let's try some different things out. <clears throat> so I had a corn list, um, which was based on a Gore Pilgrims slash um, Council of, or Tyrants of Blood, whatever it's called, um, which I thought was quite cool. And then I was I was thinking that would be a good list to run. And then um, I didn't... I, painted up the Bloodthirsters, I haven't actually played a game with them, and then I was thinking it's probably not that good at the ETC, and maybe it's a little bit too too one-dimensional, maybe it's a bit risky. Um, I think I need something a little bit more well-rounded, and then I was thinking, okay, I'll take Death, I know Death very well. Um, Legion of Grief come out with Forbidden Power, took Legion of Grief to uh, the Heat, um, did okay with it. Uh, but again, I just found it just didn't have the teeth in it. it. I found I played against Skaven, and it was just like, so your two hundred and ten point unit does more damage than my two three hundred and twenty point units put together, and it doesn't matter that my guys have got a four up ignore Ren save because they can't do enough damage to stop ten plague monks just wiping them out. And I was just thinking, I need I, I need to rethink this. I don't think it's good enough. Um, and Sanesh was sort of doing okay, and I was thinking maybe it is a good option. Um, and, you know, Les had a invaders list, um, which he was like, well, this is the list that he was working on or was going to do. And I basically said, look, I, I, after that, and we had a talk, and um, a lot of it was determined by Tony as well, because Tony wanted to do a flesh eater list with Arcan, and most of my lists had Arcan in it, and I was like, well, without Arcan, I'm not sure I could be competitive. So um, we decided he did look at doing a Zinch endless spell list, but then that touched on 
Darren's list with the endless spells. Why, um, so, why can't you be competitive without Arkham, in your opinion? For me, um, it's just he's a massive comfort piece for me. Like I, 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 he's the one more tuck that gels really well with me. Um, and for me, when you're playing Legion, the most important thing is to get off the spells like Van Hell's uh, Overwhelming Dread or, or you know, Fading Vigor. Those spells can be game winning. And with Arkans plus two, uh, and knowing the spells and being able to boost the range, he's such a good um, toolbox for that list, especially at the points value he was as 320. He was such a bargain. Um, so it's not the big Curse of Years threat or anything like that. It's just he holds everything I never cast else together. Curse of Years. No, Curse of Years is, is junk. It, it, but it's the threat of it. The threat of it makes your opponent do stupid stuff and worry about it. Very rarely cast it. You might cast it to draw out a, a, an unbind early, and then you actually cast the spell that's important, like Van Hells, which is more important than any other spell that you can cast. Van Hells is the must-stop spell. Um, for me, he's just he's that good. Um, you can force through your spells. You can stop their spells. He's fast. He can take out units on objectives. Um, he's because he's, he's been so mobile. Um, he's vulnerable to shooting, but he can sit quite far back and still be effective with his command point use on the range. So for me, he's like such a key piece, and I'm very comfortable with him. For me, he works in my play style. Like I pl- I've played a lot of deathless in like four different iterations of your list exactly. for a couple of years, right? I've used him pretty much exclusively in most of my death lists, even in my mixed death before Legion come out, he was in my list. Um, so the fact that Tony wanted to use him, I was like, well, Gristle Gore is a good list, but you need another combat list to bully with Gristle Gore. You can't just take one. Um, and so looking at the options available, Sunesh seems like the obvious choice. Um, so thankfully, Les had a list already, and we that's what we... I looked at it, um, and to be honest, I thought it's it's good. Um, we'd obviously played a couple playtest games and stuff, and I was like, well, I, I there was a lot of people running these Epicurean Revelers um, formations, which, to be honest, isn't great. And then you could see now a lot of the lists have moved away from having any demonettes, and they just go to, like, three minimum core, five characters. Um, some, but what I really liked about... The invaders was the Shalesk, um, which allows you to use a general, which allows you to use the command ability, which is everything within 18 rerolls ones to hit, which is like getting acquiescence off. But what's good about it is it's your model, so you can just rush forward and attack, but then still get that buff. Um, you've also got the double switch off command ability, so you've got subvert off of Celeste, but you've also got Stupor off the Keeper. Both high cast, so one's a seven, one's an eight. But if you get one of them off, especially if you're playing something like Daughters and you can stop the Cauldron spending command abilities, it's like happy days. Because the one thing that beats Sunesh is people who fight outside a sequence. They fight in the charge phase or they fight in you know the hero phase or they shoot you or you know basically it stops your locus working. <clears throat> but fortunately... Um, I just decided, yes, let's do that. Um, after talking it through with Tom and Jack in our chat, um, and I know that it was gonna, it was gonna step on some toes. So you know, I just, it was good that Les was able to be mature about it and 
I understand but you know <laughs> like, I, I think that it was good that you were able to <clears throat> you know because essentially you wanted to play the list you were told no yeah then I was because I was late to the party and one of the last slots to decide I had the option to take it and you'd already settled on fire slayers and you had put so I much effort really changed three times in that time period there have been so many releases that Slanesh wasn't that hot and then a decision was made and then it's actually I mean you look at what it did at blackout the weekend we were away mm. I think six out of the top 11 lists was Slanesh so yeah its stock has definitely risen and I think as well that you would you'd put so much effort into being established with Fire Slayers, you almost like pigeonholed yourself into the Fire Slayer game. Yeah, there was no point in any, um, there was no point in me taking Slanesh with no practice games, and you taking Fire Slayers when I've had all the practice games of them. And and also like um, you know it's it was more a case of this like the list that you ended up taking was one that I could have been practicing for you know three or four months beforehand. Yeah. But, you know, it's it, it was, I think, it, I mean, well, I can't really fault the results I had with the Fire Slayers, can I? So, I, you know, it was the right choice for the team, really. Yeah, and that's what I was talking about when I talked about, like, leaving your ego at the door, you know. Um, you, you know, I, I was, I didn't want it to affect our, our friendship and stuff, and I didn't want you to feel like I was being a, a dick about it. Because I know that I, I was like, I was kind of like, this is quite unusual for me at ETC. I was quite... Um, uh, back seat. I didn't really, I didn't really take a front seat. Normally, I'm. If you think about how Jack is, that's normally how I am with it. And yeah. I'm in the matchup process, trying to get the t- big twenty points. You know, trying to get the good favorable matchups really on my game. And this year, I re- I was kind of a little bit behind the curve. Um, you know, and I I took a list, submitted the list. I haven't played a single game of it when when we submitted the lists. And then it was like, shit, I need to get up to speed. And I had a lot of support from people coming to play. You came along and, and gave me a lot of help and support. And, um, you know, I had people who played games with me and we had a practice weekend. And Brian Carmichael was really instrumental in sending me a load of models. I didn't I didn't have time to paint. And he sent me my summoning pool. Um, lots of people drove quite a long way to come to a practice weekend purely, I think, to give me the opportunity to embed my list in. Um, you know, like Darren came and and Jack and and Tom and you know, it was just like yourself and I think we had we had such a good a good crowd on that weekend to get those games like settled in and embedded. We were able to to really settle on what we were doing and really help me get my my list up to sp- i mean i even i even made a little cheat sheet and laminated it with what i had to do and what i couldn't forget i felt like a complete noob with a little sheet running down a list going how's that work how's that work and then i um i spoke to matt lyons from pro painted and got him to make me a load of special markers um and like with my my depravity point dial and all that so i had all the tools everything i needed to to play the army to the most effective way because sunesh like especially the list i was taking is it's quite a big learning curve <laughs> there's a lot to remember and a lot to do in sequence it doesn't play like any other army in aos in the fact that you normally you've got your screen in units and your characters behind them with sunesh you kind of do it the opposite way around you put your characters forward and go well they, they'll just make you go last and i've got my my demonettes to follow up which is really weird. It's like a really weird way to get your head into that, into that mindset. Down and then you've got a massive amount of bookkeeping and stuff like that as well to go along with it. Yeah, and then you've got the, the added challenge of 
the decision making because you you're dictating the pace of the game pretty much with Sunesh. you're normally out dropping people you're making the first positional plays you're the sequencing of when you locus and what you locus and where you position to make sure they can't get round your locus and then the depravity points how you spend them how you manage that how you use your and with with invaders as well, the list I had, I had um, three generals. In hindsight, I probably I wouldn't make the enraptures a general. Yeah. Um, basically, you have to be outside of twelve to not shut off your command abilities. And some of the scenarios they really force you into a into you can't really do that, especially if you're playing like diagonal, uh, like total conquest things like that. You're kind of you're not really able to to branch out um, to to stop stop that being an issue and I found that um, I played a couple games on the practice and I was like oh, I've made a massive cock up in my spell selection and, and where stuff is and the artifacts uh, it, it wouldn't be the same list I'd take now even if I took invaders and one of the things that I I clicked after that practice weekend was my I've got the spell portals so I've got hysterical frenzy on the epitome I've got Subvert on um, Shilesk, and I've got Stupor on the non-general keeper. So the Epitome and the non-general keeper are not generals, so they can be next to Shilesk. So if I drop the spell portals within an inch of all three of them, I can go Frenzy, Stupor, Subvert, or whatever order I want to do in the most effective way. So that effectively means that my... I'm able to... I've got three threats that I could successfully cast through the portal... Whereas if I had that slightly wrong, I would better put the portal down, but I wouldn't be able to put the two characters next to each other to use it because they would shut off the command abilities. So luckily, it it did have it did kind of work, but um, I wouldn't. I started playing my army very differently um, at the ETC, where I was keeping those three together with the demonettes as like my main combat push block. And the the general keeper was basically on his own with a unit of cav in support, and then the Enraptress and cav were like my bunker to keep my summoning going, and that's basically how I played my list. And I just went, well, all I've got to do is use my big bully blob um, to attack. And some games I was keeping the demonets at the back because I knew that I need them as a second wave, especially if I was playing like Sisters of Slaughter with a six inch pile in. I couldn't put them forward because they just sit outside of six. End of charge phase, locust, not in range. At start of combat phase, epitome, locust, not in range. Pile in six, delete my demonets. Whereas if it's my keeper, they have to be within six to pile in. They're within six for the locust. So it, although it doesn't really matter if they go, because <laughs> they'll still strike before me, because I can't pile in anyway. But it's it's like one of those things. It's like, but if they kill the keeper, I get the private and I've got 30 demonets ready to follow up charge. And that charge with the demonets with the buffs and the triumph normally would delete the unit. So it's it's kind of like you, you the keepers are almost like bait, whereas normally you'd use chaff as bait, which is really it's a really weird way to play an army. I'm and a, the only I, thing that's remotely close but it's still very different is Tom's quad vermin lord list, where you keep your precious twenties of clan rats back, and then you end up blocking up people with these four things pinging around the board and mm-hmm. doing stuff upside down. Yeah, and and like it has the potential as well that when you need to affect the game, you can go and charge into an army and just completely destroy it if you set it up properly. Um, and by the end of the event, I felt like I had that down to a T. Like I, I started off and I was a bit shaky and my gameplay was a little bit ropey. And as I got through the event, I just got more and more um, 
honed in what I was doing. Um, so effectively, I, I tried to take Sunesh. I painted the army in five weeks. Uh, a lot of people supported me in the process um, of getting ready. And then um, we were there. That was it, really. Yep. Nice, uh, nice soft first round for us as well. We've already seen the draw up. Um, <laughs> so we pipped probably four teams as being the teams to beat at the event and top of that list um there he goes don't need any help but we'll say it anyway top of that list was team america um really good selection of lists like really well-known selection of players uh we knew it was going to be a hard one and uh yeah that's that's what we we're going to be cutting our teeth on yeah it was a bit of a weird one wasn't it the america one because like i mean all bravado aside you know i think our weekend was won and lost in that first round agreed yeah, because if we'd gone into that game and they beat us, we would have been, I think it would have been, I don't think we would have spiralled, but I think, you know, general England football team as at the last two Six Nations, there's always something that makes it, we do something stupid that makes it hard for ourselves. <laughs> you know, yeah, definitely. Um, like, I mean, we would have got a significantly easier run after them. As it was, we ended up playing teams two, three, four, five, uh, six, no, two, three, four, five, and eight. I think in terms of final placings at the event, so we had a um, a pretty roughy road. Yeah, and I mean, one of the things that, like, I think that you know needs to be said. Um, you know, you look at obviously the coverage has been really cool, and you look at the way that the you look at the way that the results are coming. Like, you know, we we capped. Um, I think it was two teams we capped, didn't we? I guess we're sending text to people saying like, like the result has nothing to reflect yeah. how horribly close that was or how sweaty yeah. Tom got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we capped three teams. Um, three teams. Four teams. Yeah. Four teams, actually. Yeah, so like I played probably two of the hardest games of Warm I've ever played back-to-back. And it was the, the, the Swedish game was probably the most stressful game of Warm I've ever played. And that's not because the guy was... That's not because the guy was, um, you know, a bit bad to play. He was an absolute gent. It was lovely. There was no issues at the table whatsoever it was just at one point during the during the game the round it was like i'm going to lose this game and i you know and i need to win this game for us to you know for, for us to prove because it was so close it was on like you know everything was on sort of like a flip of a coin all the way down the row wasn't it like the yeah. you know the, the swedish round it was i mean i can't there were teams like, to beat as well yeah it was like so difficult um and then then i played the like the algorithm from the polish team afterwards and he again absolute gent to play but that could have quite easily got out of hand and i could have quite easily lost that game and it was too like that that saturday was uh, probably the most the hardest stressfulest but also that's not even a word most stressful and fun games of warm i played if that makes, you know, yeah, I think stressful is maybe the wrong word. Maybe it's tense. It's probably yeah, the, yeah. the better Not, word. Yeah, I um, think stressful may be the wrong choice of words. But I mean, I guess for me, I've come into the I've come into the ETC with a lot of external pressure, whether it's perceived by me or uh, you know anyway because of the selection process stuff. So you know, I've gone into the ETC going, I need to perform in this environment because essentially, you know the internet has decided that i was the wrong person for the team well yeah i mean it was it wasn't exactly the most supportive thing that there was a lot of people in the community that were sniping people in the team um 
you know, saying, oh, you know, the, the selection process isn't transparent and why is X person and Y person not on and this person not on and that person not on. And it's like, and and to be honest, Even like, of like, well, if I was captain, I would have done this. Like, literally had no captain. captain. Someone jumped <laughs> in the last moment and that's the only reason there's a team. <laughs> and I think, and I think that it's unfair um, on a lot of people and again, it's probably just a vocal minority because we've yeah. the outpouring of support when we were there was really, really inspiring and kept I was us quite going. Surprised by it, actually, yeah. given given the stuff that was in the lead up, it was lovely. Yeah. yeah, I think it's difficult when you read like um, Twitter exchanges to then think project that on how people actually are when they're face to face, and it's not not always the same. Um, I tend to stay off Twitter speaking on other people's behalves, which I think is probably the main yeah. the main cause of anything perceived or real is people who perhaps have never even met the person in real life like I think, saying like old oh, ledgers like this or something like that it's just yeah not- and i think the thing is it's like don't people speaking for you is is bad and uh, to be honest i stay off of twitter and most social media apart from my whatsapp groups and my bros um purely because uh life's too short to deal with with that kind of stuff you know i don't I don't want to look at my phone or, or read something and get upset about it because I'm doing something I enjoy, I love. It's my yeah, hobby. Going to be I about want to fun. enjoy it. It's <laughs> meant to be positive. Yeah. And, you know, I only really want to surround myself with positive people. And that's why the people that I speak to know that that's why I speak to them because, you know, they're, they're supportive, positive people. And I don't want to, I don't want snipey negativeness in my, in, in my sort of escape from, from life, anything, well, it's not like yeah, it's yeah. escape from life, yeah. but you know what I mean. Like in my free time, like yeah, yeah, there's enough, there's enough crap going on outside that I don't need that leaking into my uh, my escapism. Um, so, but that's that's just my two cents about it. And people know they are, and, and anyone who's who's been out there who generally is projecting what I would call detritus over the internet, you just need to go and have a look at yourself and think, well, what are you actually achieving? Um, I think you need to actually look inwardly and and try and be a better person. There's a lot of people yeah. out there that could could do with having a strong, hard look at themselves and think, actually, um, am I actually am I actually someone people want to be around? And and is playing the victim online and and beating my drum actually achieving anything other than making making other people upset? And if it's not, then you know you should the same go and have the, a look um, at yourself. The the like calling someone else's thing bad doesn't make my thing better like it that's that's a really big one on the internet like we spent all the weekend i mean we've already taken the piss out of them but we fucking love the ninth page guys um mm. we spent all the weekend hanging out with them the amount of crap i got sent from people like oh have you seen this army from that cool that's their game i'm playing mine they're really nice guys like that is where yeah. the discussion begins and ends um are they good people I want to spend time around? Cool. Are they doing the thing that I would choose to do for a hobby? No, but I'm not going to like rage at someone who's gone to play basketball because I don't play it. Like it's literally that relevant. What someone yeah. else's hobby is. Yeah, it's like going to watch like the World Series of baseball and going, "America football's better." Yeah. Why? Why are you even watching this game? It's like I, I think the problem is remember is that everyone is entitled to have their own opinion on stuff, and that is completely cool. It doesn't mean that it's right or wrong, does it? And I think with Ninth Age, but like the guys in the the Ninth Age team are guys I haven't seen in such a long time. Like hanging out with like you know Amit and like Raf have been really cool, um, and obviously Craig and the rest of the team. I'm going to now upset people because I've not mentioned them all, but um, but yeah, it's like realistically, 
they've decided they loved eighth edition so much that they wanted to continue playing it and you know and if if games workshop decided that that's how they were going to i'd i'd play ninth age if it was officially supported by games workshop but i i you know that's not it's not so i don't you know i mm-hmm. follow the official route you know we just turned up to an event where we were second fill to them to the tune of like 30 extra teams they had on top of us or whatever like yeah. that was we were literally in like ninth age mecca and we were allowed to come yeah so no one's right hundreds of them and you know and like the the lego playmobil army that people bashed online it's like it doesn't matter it's like does it matter what they're doing you know the 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 mats that they had down for terrain you know it's like that is was voted by all their captains because in ninth age angles and stuff like that make more of a difference than it does with you know it's just a rank and flank game and it's super practical they've got to have like uh, like a country has to buy enough terrain for whatever it was like 300 people or yeah. something like a massive amount of people and it's not a particularly wealthy country either and foot the bill for that and store it and all that bollocks so yeah i think that there's a lot more going on than people think with this type of stuff but like be nice about your hobby don't be yeah. not nice about other people's that's just end of yeah it's like you know is it for me no it's not but that doesn't mean it's wrong it just means it's not for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally hurting nobody therefore yeah. it can't be wrong exactly yeah i think the um like you say it was great to see a lot of the people that i mean even not just the england ninth age team but when i used to play at the etc and a lot of the danish the germans and other teams there's a lot yeah, of faces i recognize bumped into yeah. uh, mint who i played with in team uh international whatever at firestorm the first event i ever won that was i remember playing chris mintz with my 20 hex race in maelstrom at a team event uh wow. serbian sausage or polish <laughs> sausage or something um chris is an absolute legend and I, love, I love chris so much i think it was great for me to reconnect with some people i haven't seen for six seven years um it was just it was just a great feeling really but um like I say, and, and all the people that I mean, like even seeing Actar again. I mean, that was that oh, was great. So yeah, it's nice to see Actar. I, I saw him at the uh, at the one Sheffield slaughter that you came over to, and uh, it was just nice to just see all of these people. Even like bumping into Haristo randomly when we were walking. Oh, yeah, some stuff. It was like wow, I haven't seen Haristo in years. You know, it's it, it, yeah, it's just nice to see people that we used to spend a lot of time with. Like, you know, I, I guess people in Age of Sigmar may have, you know, don't realize that like we've been playing Warhammer a long time, um, you know, and like the not so much me, not so much as you and Byron probably, but like the p- friends that you make on the Eighth Edition scene, you know, they're still there today, and not everyone is playing Age of Sigmar. <laughs> I think that's something that we need to, you know, remember a little bit. You know, you got Marcus and the Slatch are still getting loose. Yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> you know, so. Seeing Tanker again, I haven't seen Tanker in fucking ages. Like, you know, it's just been really, it's, and like everyone who's listening to this that's from the old 8th edition days, they'll be like smiling, remembering the names of these people, like, you know, like Amit and, and you know, all of these, the other guys that we used to play, you know, religiously. They were the names of 8th edition to a certain degree, weren't they, you know? Yeah, they were, they were there. Um, <laughs> I think most of the names of 8th edition moved on to AOS and that's why their names are 9th age but yeah that's just my opinion uh, <laughs> didn't Craig was it Craig Dodd said to me he goes I'm one for one at Age of Sigma tournaments I'm like fuck off Craig <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah in the wild wild west 
Um, <laughs> when he plays, no, that was fine. Team like Kings one. versus Seraphin. That was table one at Clash of Swords first AOS event. So yeah, you know, problems Seemed problems up. were found. Yeah. <laughs> five five right. consecutive turns of, yeah. of Seraphon uh, and one upset Russ. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and Mo. It was great to yeah. see Mo. Um, but anyway, let's get back onto yeah, subject. Like, just kind of yeah, like, how are we, we going to run through it, like round by round, like not? I, f- I think so. Wait, wait, I think wait. we it's started talking about way. America, then just completely like sidetracked off into a massive tangent. But uh, I think what we'll do is let's have a break, and then we'll come back, and then we'll talk about our rounds and the event itself. Facehammer is sponsored by Element Games. So for great customer service. All the latest Age of Sigmar releases at 20% off, and all your hobby needs, go to www.elementgames.co.uk. To support us directly, click through the banner on our website and let them know that you came from us. And we are back from the break. Um, I think before the break we were talking about, we started talking about our rounds, but we probably should explain the format of the event. Um, yes. thanks for that byron (laughs) really creepy yes um so um the teams are made up of six players um and then you you basically have a process to decide out of your team who plays who on the other team and then you there's three missions per round um so six rounds that's all 18 missions are played and the mission is you know the mission before you nominate or your player so the way it works is you you nominate you know the mission for the first pairing both teams put a card face down that's the person they lead with they flip it over then they take two two of their players once they see what the the enemy team has put up who they give them a choice of two and then the team that nominated their one gets to pick out the two which one so the idea is you need to engineer it so you're in favourable matches in favourable scenarios. Um, so, for example, like my list, Sanesh doesn't want to play shooting, uh, but it would quite happily play like combat-based stuff. So if if I can get into an army that's combat with lots of wounds, then that's good for me. But if I play an army that's like loads of ballistas, that's bad. So it's trying to engineer that. But then if giving me a bad matchup allows someone else to be in a good matchup, that's also good. So there's a lot of strategy goes around that process. Um, and like rounds can be won and lost on that. Uh, at that, Especially if you take lists that are very polar, like Byron's and Les's lists. So like they, they win this mission or they lose. It's like they, they lose this game, they win this game. So you need to get it in the game that they win. Whereas like some of our lists are a bit more well-rounded and they can basically compete in anything. Um, and you need those type of lists too. So the composition of what you take and how you nominate is really important. Yeah, it's um, like you said, it's, there is a lot of strategy behind it. And it's like I have never really been involved in any of the... I, I tend to just sort of like trust in Tom, Jack and Tony to, um, to sort of like do that part of it because they, they're very good at it. I, I think um, generally like Six Nations, there was a couple of times where the rounds didn't go, uh, you know, the parents didn't go quite the way we'd like them to. Whereas I can't think of a time at ETC where the parents didn't go our way or after America, after America. After yeah. America. I think from my point of view, like I normally am a little bit more involved in 
that process um but with jack tom and tony doing it so before the event we we go through every enemy every other team's list and we decide is it good bad medium really good really bad whatever then they use that information in the pairings to put to put people forward so it's important that as a player you know your army so when i did it i was in a bit of a stuck because i hadn't played a single game so it's like how do i actually how do i actually say what's good or not um and so i just said to tom look get everyone else sorted out i'll take what's left um unless you think oh that's definitely the right decision um i was like i didn't take much of an active part because i was like well it's better to get other people in the matches yeah than it is to worry about me in the past like when i went um to serbia before i had like the chaos warrior smash your face in list so it was really important to get me in the right match to get the big 20 um and like jack jack's kind of got like the daughters list so he was like one of the points grabbers so it's like he and he was very involved and sometimes you can have too many people involved in that process. So I kind of took a back seat to it and just said, well, tell me what I'm playing and I'll go play it. You know, it's Most like, of my involvement was every round saying, I don't mind taking one for the team or I don't mind a high pressure one. Put me wherever. Um, yeah. If you can get two good matchups, that'll give me one bad one. We're, we're up there. So do whatever you like. And um, please, can I play FAC? Yeah. <laughs> with, um, with, with my lists, um, luckily, like, because Richie'd had such a, a good run at Six Nations, like, we went in pre sort of like Richie had that experience. Um, you know, I had my experience with the list, um, and Tom uh, and everyone knew how it worked. So it was just a case of which mission do I not want to play? Um, yeah. You know, and that was like, and it'll be like, I'll play anything in that mission because if, if I drop it and I play in that mission, I should win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we had the other layer of hidden agendas, didn't we? Which went over the top of that. Yeah, and they were shared between everyone in the team every round, basically, which is kind of a cool yeah. process, actually, I thought. I quite like that because you had 12 missions, six players, two per person, but you can't duplicate. And then once you've got your matchups and your scenarios, we all stood in a huddle with the cards going, who wants what? Right, I think, And then swapping cards between us until swapping we were in a position where we were like... I think we've got the best combo we can get. Yeah, a lot um, of the time you'd start off being given two, they'd be like, they're yours. And by the time we finished, you would have given them to other people because it was easy to achieve for them or you had one that wasn't as bad for you or something I think, like that. I think early on they did cite, like we figured out that for me, with the missions I was playing, I needed I needed to have central game and seize. Um, yeah. Because like they're just like, I, that Tom's like, you win in this game. I'm like, yeah. And he was like, okay, central game is so given to you because you're going to hold the objective because you need to hold the objective to win. So get in the center so of the Tony was secret mission. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much every time. <laughs> um, sacrifice was quite a good one for me because I've got two keepers and I could just launch it into their hero and go kill me. Um, particularly when you're playing against Marathi. It's quite good. Um, but yeah, I mean... Um, that's how the process worked. Um, so we said already round one we played the Americas, didn't we? We didn't get the matchup particularly well, but no, um, we did not. We did end up getting ninety nine points, so pretty happy with that. Sweet, I got two of them. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, I I sort of I think in the American list when we looked at it, I think probably the most interesting list and the one I like the most probably in the whole event is the Stormcast list oh god it was so so good like yeah mega just really intimidating um, hurricane crossbows not long strikes yeah. slightly different uh, three units of skinks <laughs> and that unit can be teleported around the table by a vexler uh, mm. no combat just 
position on liberators. He did. Kind of <laughs> four <Yeah>. ballistas. <laughs> Remember the the practice weekend when like me and you were talking about it like before, weren't we? You know, and everyone was like, "Oh, it just don't think it does a lot." And I'm like, "It's amazing. That list is really good. I think it's one of the, like you said, it's probably the most tricksy one for the um, from the." From I think the uh, Jack was talking about it, and I said that Jack that would destroy you. <laughs> He was like, I was like, that list will destroy you. Um, Just sort of, because I I know how good hurricane crossbows are. I've always been a big advocate of those um, in anvils as well. It's just, it's a solid list. I really like it. Um, But yeah, we ended up convincingly winning that round, which was good. Yeah, Um, bit of a surprise, to be honest. Like, yeah, we we went into it and it was just, right, that didn't go as well as we thought. We literally made like, an error in which car we put down just a, a whoopsie error not like we thought it was good and it was bad um everyone did yeah. their best get what you can and uh then suddenly we were against the hardest matchup that we thought we'd have and we were like okay so we are fighting uphill here against a very good selection of players with a very good selection of lists one of the like the top three we thought and we pipped it yeah and i think um it was it was quite uh interesting for me because i had i had i was feeling a little bit like i haven't really played enough to know we did play a practice game amongst ourselves the day before and i played tony Grisselgore and lost that one um so i was thinking i was feeling a little bit down about about my list and that i played um joe's um beastman um and i think i played it really quite well um and almost like swept around one the pop into the herdstone and killed everything there um, and then he had made like a bastion on it was total conquest, so he made like a bastion on another objective, and I literally just had a keeper coming up around the outside, and I just had enough depravity, and I just retreated and summoned a big unit of demonettes in front of the keeper, and and, and like capped the objective and went, "Well, come get me off it." And at the time he took killing me, I got so much depravity by the end of it. By the time the keeper and the demonettes were dead, I had another keeper, so I was like, "Well, you know, we could just we could just call it there because I'm so far ahead." But um, yeah, it was good. It was a it was a a nice way to start um, for me because it was a favourable matchup to start with. Then I got my uh, I got under the bus for the rest of the round, so <laughs> that was good. It was um yeah no it's it I, I think I mean what did you get of that rest? Was it a twenty? Uh, Nineteen because. Uh, I didn't get, I didn't stop him getting conserved because he he ran into the corner. I did win the turn roll, and I think I probably could have took it and pushed into him, but then I just didn't want the risk of he's got a turn left and and is he going to deny one of my missions or do something else? I just thought, well, I just that's if fine. You can get a nineteen into nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I've just brought up the actual um, the the scores on on um, on Twitter because obviously Nigel was doing the the updates as we went along. So yeah, Byron two points, Jack twenty, Darren nineteen, Tony nineteen, me twenty, you nineteen. So it was quite. It doesn't a, reflect how close things felt at all. We're probably going to say this about every round, but yeah. Well, I think you think about how many games of Age of Sigmar won on a turn roll or on did we get that objective, and it's a major either way, and that's that's just the nature of the game. But the four points around the edges of the mission, so. When you get 19, so that means you've denied one mission, got two missions. So that's that's where you win and lose the the event. I think is on the secret missions. Yep. Um. So that was America. Everyone was awesome. I, I just, I mean, we're going to say about everyone, but basically, they really were. Like all uh, of them were so 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 nice. I think for me, like what was weird from playing in the old ECC, there were some teams, and 
I won't name names, but you'd go, oh, that team, that's going to be difficult, or oh, that's, there's some people in there that you've got to watch for and all this. There was just none of that. Because obviously AOS first year, but the 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 actual sportsmanship on the table was so much better than old ETC. It was just like any one of my opponents would have been an absolutely solid vote for my best sporting uh, a singles event in the UK, where I think people are really good on the table, generally speaking. Anyway, yeah, I think uh, it was it was really good. Um, I think I think it is it's sort of testament that as the event went on, everyone kept talking to each other and that, and yeah. it was really good. But it was like it was just um, it was just like you said, like you were going to talk about it, like Barry said all the time. But every single person that we played were, were legends, all of them. You know, it was brilliant. Yeah, but not just yeah. nice on the table, like uh, just super chatty, friendly, and interested off it. Like I've come away from this event wanting to do. I want to play in all these people's countries and go and see them again. Like they were that nice. Yeah. We're going to do our best to do that. And um, in the second round, we played Russia, right? Yeah. Yes. I'd like to call it the Cold War round. We played America and Russia in the first two games. <laughs> it's like the first day is, is like, you know, the Cold War block. And then the next, no, I'm joking. It was not the Cold War for me because I like to call it Byron made his home on. Table five uh, oh, on the top row <laughs> next to the pizza oven. <laughs> it's 35 degrees outside. It's 25 degrees inside with the aircon and the bit we're in minimum. And I'm stood there next to a pizza oven. So, yeah. yeah. What it was, was going to make me less uncomfortable than other people. So I was on the yeah. table with a pizza and just next to it. And luckily, Alex, who who's a legend, he, he was playing Skaven. And he won the role for sides and he picked that side. And I was like, yes. And I think he got like halfway through his deployment and was like, oh, it's really hot here. And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Terrain on your side, slightly better. Conditions, far worse. I didn't care. <laughs> Alex was the guy that was the big fan of the Age of Sigmar scene in the UK, wasn't he? That was the guy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he's awesome. Yeah, we had a fantastic game as well. So um, I've got the results of that round as well. Do you want, do you want, just in case, I'm sure everyone can go back through the Age of Sigmar uh, England Twitter and see what it is. Do you run through them though, because it'll help refresh our minds too. Wow. So Tony, Fleshy Accords, you had Fireslayers Byron, Russ got Skaven, Darren had Sylvan F, I got Daughters of Kane, and Jack had Kim. Yeah, um, which was a uh, which was kind of cool. Um, you know, um, that was uh, my my first Daughters of Cain victim for the weekend. Because um, it turns out Daughters of Cain players push their army into you and try and kill everything, but they can't kill thirty Hearthguard Berserkers. Yeah, and um, second Daughters of Cain victim because like the first guy I played was Daughters of Cain as well. And Daughters of Cain players just think they could push their army into stuff and win, right? So they're like, "What's going on? What do you mean my 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 old meta doesn't beat a new meta? What's going on?" Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, I I got to play Skaven, which is an horrendous matchup for me. But I I just said, well, I I'll just give it to me. It's fine. Um, so it, and actually the game was really close, um, and it came down to could he shoot off a pit of me with a doom rocket? If he yeah. didn't, then we I win the major. The we already because <laughs> you were the last one to finish. Um, oh, that was the that was the second Doom Rocket. The first one had already killed the epitome. So, <laughs> um, the, that was on the the Enrapturous. But um, yeah, I also had a moment where he put thirty uh, forty Death Frenzy Plague Monks into my Demonettes with uh, an epitome behind, which was then like four up go last, four up go last, 
and he had the other unit of plague monks behind them who charged as well the the front unit with death frenzy didn't go last and if they'd gone last because he rolled the attacks um then obviously did a lot of damage but i would have survived and what i could have done is i could have actually deleted that unit he would then delete my unit back but then or, or i wouldn't delete me but it'd reduce my effectiveness back and then I'm up because I've still got stuff left and he's got one unit of Plague Monks left but it was it was one of those games that it was really tough um, but yeah good good fun but I, I lost that one in the end on the major which is a bit un- unfortunate but I've got hey-ho. a split here I mean so we basically the end of the, rhythm, the range was 87-33 yeah um, pretty was... impressed by, like, by their play and their lists and just how nice they were as people like We'd gone from what we thought was going to be the hardest hardest round, and we actually ended up getting less from Russia than we did from America. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it was a it, it was a tough round. I mean, like I said, it's it. I, I looking at the scores. Uh, Tony got a minor. You got a minor. Um, so fifteen points each for you, and then Russ Russ got the uh, the the two. Darren got a major at seventeen, and me and Jack both did nineteen. So yeah. it, it was like, you know, it was quite a, um, you know, it was quite a tough round. And also yeah, this is not all 19s, 20s by any means at all, is it? And uh, yeah. this was the start of me and Jack vying for the fucking weekend <laughs> with uh, me and him both on exactly the same points at the end of day one. Yeah, we, um, I mean, for me, like get just getting the two points in the mission was, was good, was a good result. So I was fairly yeah, happy with you, that. No one wanted to play because didn't he, how many Giselles did he have? He had like a ridiculous amount of Giselles, didn't he? Uh, nine Giselles and 15 Acolytes, two units of Plague Monks. Um, obviously has the Warp Lightning Vortex, Vermin Lord Warp Seer, Bombardier and a Grey Seer, and then some Clam Rats. It was like, what? Yeah, no one wants to play that. Worth noting, yeah. I think uh, Skaven were the only army that were in every single team mm-hmm. at ETC. They're pretty good. Best army in Age of Sigma. Oh, shit. Yeah. Call it yeah. now. Easily the best. Go out there, meta chasers, get them done. Get it done. Unfortunately, Moonfang spray is no longer available. So we found out that we were playing Sweden the next day that night then as well, didn't we? Yeah, and we know that from the Six Nations that they're they're a really good team. So Yeah, really um, team. one of the ones that we earmarked going into the event as the as a as one of the better teams in the um in the event to look out for. So Is this um, the round where the results yeah. indicate the least just how fucking this nail biting is, this it is was. where we thought we were on a 62 to 60 like 58 yeah. at the end and then it ended up being 96 24 because basically there was two games that swung massively at the end yeah but we were looking at the round going oh we're gonna we're gonna draw ish which yeah. would open the competition wide it's up because i think sweden draw, like- had a draw ish round against the french was it or Another team, Poland, wasn't it? Poland. Poland. All right, yeah. I know they they played somebody and had like a drawish round, so they weren't. We we had a bit of a buffer in a lead, and we were like, well, even if we don't, as long as we beat them, we beat them. But um, we got a bit lucky, I think. So yeah, I mean, me and Tony both didn't think we were going to win our games, and both of us managed to pull it out at the last second. Yeah. So Tony um was playing the daughters player um who I played at the the Six Nations, which is Sam. And he uh, he made a little mistake, which allowed him to gristle gore, 
and kill Marafi stopping a scoring. I think it was three places or it was one it of the was stopping one of the from getting five points. It was a really big deal. Yeah, yeah. Which then meant that the um, he won that game as a major because he thought he was going to get two points. He ended up getting eighteen, so it was a huge swing. I had the distinct pleasure of playing Adams Les Copy Richie Copy Fire Slayer Army <laughs> um, in shifting objectives. Which is and, almost impossible to win. Yeah. Almost impossible to lose with Fireslayers. Uh, I yeah, and I almost I had a chance. I went round the edges with the keepers, and I I if I'd won the turn roll, I could have got into the back of his characters with the keepers. And although it probably wouldn't win the game, it 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 would do more for the missions, and it would distract him long enough that I would I could have scored. If I then won the turn going two to three, I would have been so far ahead on objectives. I don't think it would have been a catch me. It could have been like a drawish game or a minor rather than a rather than a major. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't win that turn roll, and then I just starbursted out and went, "Well, you're not getting the secondaries." And he was like, "Well," and I'm not going to get the major, so we just called it basically. Um, but yeah, nice guy though. He's he's got a very dry sense of humour. So uh, it was- he's a funny guy. He's the guy that Grussell awarded me at the Six Nations with, yeah. his, uh, with his war scroll cards in front of him, reading off like, what it does as he pushed the army into me. <laughs> I was doing that with Sunash all weekend. I was like, what's that do? Oh, that's on fours. The first game against Joe, I was really rusty. I was getting all, quite a few rules incorrect. I was just, oh man, I need to like brush up on this. Um, just, just reading the war scrolls. I was like, oh yeah, it's threes, not twos, or, or it's a, oh, it's a two, not a three to hit on the hand and stuff like that. So. Is this the one where I got to play Feck? <clears throat> no, I don't know. I don't know what you played. Byron played Feck. Yeah. Oh. And the guy shook hands, didn't he, and didn't play the game? Or was that? No, that, that was just against Switzerland. That was uh, yeah. that was Skavens. Uh, no, I got to play Feck. And um, again, just supremely good deployment against me. Um, and I made one mistake in this to do with... I, I shot off something that I could have used as a screen to let me make my charge more realistic um, to mm. try and get into his backfield. Uh, and my allocation just went, just went a little bit wrong, so I left... Uh, the guy who can summon twenty goals uh, left him live on one wound. Just couldn't oh. couldn't reach him. Couldn't get to the back. I rolled. Um, I rolled. So I'm. I only. There's only really one charge a game that matters for me, and I rolled. On in three of my games, I rolled a three inch charge, which ends up with buffs still being an eight. But it was a really big deal in all of my games because it means that I can't get to the very back of the board, which I know sounds stupid, but the army's stupid anyway. Um, I can't get to the back <laughs> I can't get to the back of the board to sweep up anything that I've under allocated on or had under average luck or just try and push things through a little better. And uh yeah. Basically we worked out that he could drop his goals and he could uh he could like sneak things around and work on his secondaries, but uh it was um it was a far closer game than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I I ended up getting the priorities, though. That's one of the ones where I won second turn priority, and it makes a big difference if I've got a fair amount of guys alive. So, um, yeah, I like my opponents basically just started corner deploying behind rows of their own stuff, and it's really, really quite effective against my army. It makes me split, and I lose all the shots out of the middle of the unit. So even though I've got a stupid amount of shots, I've only got it with, like, five or six guys, and uh, that dramatically reduces what I can do, even against Juicy Juicy Feck. Mm. But you won that one, right? I did, yeah. I uh, think, uh, like, a... Uh, 20. Uh, 20, yeah. 
<laughs> Think only uh, Max. Uh, yeah, yeah. Only Max. <laughs> um, he was in ninety six twenty four against um, against Sweden, and then then we went on to play Poland, who just beat France, I believe, aren't they? Yeah, or, which is good uh, for us. Yeah, it was everyone was everyone was bloodying each other's noses comprehensively, um, apart from the US, who went on to get one hundred twenty points in their second round after we played them, which is fairly impressive. We obviously got their tails up. They were like, yeah. right, not having this. <laughs> and all um, mighty ducks on them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Poland um, it was, was quite an interesting round. Yeah, it was a, it was a lot of good players, didn't we? Yeah, I think um, I ended up playing um, Dagmara or Gaga with the Daughters of Cain, um, which is a tricky matchup for me because I played a practice game against Jack. And I was like, this is, they, I think they picked that matchup. I've, um, and I was like, well, it's a bit of a, a coin toss, really, how good this is. Um, and we were playing in meeting engagement, which pushes both my keepers right to the back of the board. Yeah. Um, and she had the same amount of drops as me and she won the role. So she could dictate the game and say, oh, you can have the, you have the, the actual, I have to set up first, so this gives me the first turn. And I'm like, well, she's always on for the double first. Yeah. And with a combat army, that's quite a big deal. Um, so she played it quite well. I, I made a little bit of a cock up. Um, and I, Marath, basically, she had a, and if I moved up and formed up like what I would call the sort of Sunesh. I redeployed basically my first turn and stayed quite far back. And then um, she had a go. And I was thinking, well, if I. She she put her army around, and I, I was able to use the Ports to Hysterical Frenzy unit, which did some damage and, and stopped them, and they weren't within cauldron range, so they didn't have the five up, so that was quite a nice way to reduce the effectiveness of one of the hordes. Um, one of the things that was a problem was the... Um, she's got Marathi, which is a pain in the ass, but I was like... She started moving her army around in her first turn, and she moved Marathi around the back and kept her quite quite far back. And I was thinking, fantastic, because if I win the turn roll, I'm going to give it to her now. Her double turn, she's not really doing anything. She's not really affecting the game. Um, and it will allow me then to counterattack with the chance of the double. And then she kind of changed her mind and put it put her right in the middle, smack bang in front of me. And I was like, oh, no, that means if I win, I've got to take the turn. Otherwise, Marathi's into me, and that's a, that's a problem. Um, so I won the turn and took it, and... And I, I sort of set up around the middle so I could basically have my demonettes around the main objective in the middle and then play around the sides. And my, my intention always was for the middle to be like a like a uh, a bait. So she commits into the middle and then I'm playing the game around the edges. Um, problem is, is that Marathi went sort of, because of the command ability off the cauldron, I wasn't able to shut it down. And then um, she was able to then one-shot... Um, my keeper with Marathi, and then in her go, go and one shot my other keeper, which is a bit lucky, but you know, it, it just happens. You know, Marathi's just that kind of model. Um, and then playing around the edges, I just couldn't quite get back into it. And she's quite a good move where I retreated my surviving demonettes out. And then I was thinking, all I've got to do is distract that unit of witch elves for a bit. And then she rolled a double six charge. And then she, when she charged, she strung out in a line and tagged the objective, which meant that, that she'd scored more on that turn, which put me back again. And I was thinking, oh, probably not going to be able to catch this now. Um, it was, it was then she won the turn roll where she needed it to, to, to clinch the major, but it was a close game, but I didn't play as well as I could have done. Um, and she played really well. So 
yeah, I, mean, good. I, have, I have to say, like being on the table next to you and stuff, um, like one of the things that like is massive in Age of Sigmar is the way that the game plays is like your movement and, and her movement and choices where she moved her models. So I thought was spot on, to be honest, against you. And yeah, she she's really fair as well, and we had we had quite a nice bit of banter and chatting and stuff, and I was getting yeah. to know her a little bit and how the how the scene is in Poland and stuff. Because I'm quite interested in how Age of Sigmar's taken off in these other countries where yeah. they haven't been. We don't really know what it's like over there. So if you're so nice for us, why do you make her cry, you horrible man? I didn't. Well, I didn't make her cry. That was <sighs> well, um, that was all, Bill. That's all people need to know. Yeah, well, I did. I did make her cry, but <laughs> Bill made her cry for a bad way, and I made her cry for a good way. So uh, okay. Yeah. But, um, that's when I met her. I met her fella who was the one of the AOS judges, a guy called Martin. He was um, um, lovely, lovely to chat to. Gave him some face on a dice. Family so nice. They're both lovely. So if yeah. they're listening, hello. Yeah, it was nice. Nice to meet you. And thanks to the piggy dice. Yeah. Um, Apparently in Poland they call they call girls pigs. I don't think that would go Piglets. down too well over here. Yeah, we're <laughs> piglets, mate. Piglets. Don't ruin it, pigs. No. Yeah. And in England we drink tequila uh to them. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um so yeah, I mean I I played a Nagash guy guy called Olgreed and he was really good, uh, lovely guy. I mean I won't go into the game because obviously like it, it's it's we'd be here forever, wouldn't we? Um but yeah, it was a really good game. Um and he was really tight, really fast. That was one of the things that really surprised me. Um with uh, both the, the, the Polish uh, the well the Polish team really was how quick they were. It's like this is what I'm gonna do, decisive movement really sort of like on the ball which is kind of like generally i play quite quick as well so it was really refreshing to play somebody that was just like his turn he moves my turn i move all done you know really good and um, so we got 85 35 out of that round which was really good byron on 19 tony on seven me on 19 jack on 20 Darren skaven or who did i you play. <laughs> I love the fact it doesn't really matter. You shot stuff. Skaven. <laughs> yes, Byron, you played Skaven. Oh, I played Skaven. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, this is this is where it really hit home with me how everyone was deploying perfectly because I was super impressed. Um, super impressed by this deployment. It was probably the person who deployed the best against me uh, to give himself a as good a chance as he could get in what is a very bad matchup for him objectively mm. and uh i got like i got lucky on i got lucky on or things went off i needed to my spells and stuff like that got in um rolled a like a normalish charge but not like a massive one but all of my shooting had just done slightly less um probably like 20 percent less than it it should have done across the board, apart from Alden Thankwell, where it just absolutely ruined him, and I felt like an idiot, like I had over-allocated shots. Um, but the game ended up, like, it could have been far closer. Uh, things happened, like sending seven guys in who had ten exploding attacks on, like, 20 Plague Monks. Uh, I'm going first, all my attacks into them, one wound. And when stuff like that happens, you're like, I was feeling fairly secure, and then suddenly you're like, oh, this could go wrong. <laughs> but um yeah, yeah, like twenty plague monks could literally wipe my entire army. Like they could completely ruin it. Um but uh I ended up getting okay. I'd taken out his his linchpin pieces, his characters. Um I was very scared of Thankor. He could absolutely ruin most of my stuff really fast and with great flexibility. But um the big difference there was uh, my unit was immune to battle shock. Um so when the plague monks did hammer into me, I could just die as slowly as possible. 
um, I think he might have got the priority. Uh, but at that point, because they died fairly slowly and I'd managed to lock one of the plague bunks in on a corner within three inches of me and stuff, he wasn't managing to position them quite where he needed for it. So I got the major. That's cool. I think he was... Then... I was just going to say, I think probably, like, all the guys I played were really good, but I think he was probably the one where I was like, my God, like, you really know your shit very, very well. And again, really fast and decisive also. That's the thing as well, like, even playing, like, Aubrey, he knew all the rules for Fire Slayers, just knew it exactly what I was doing as I was doing it, very switched on. Um, I do think Poland will probably be a force to reckon with in uh, in the future. Definitely. Yeah, I think they they um they did well at the event and maybe had a, a few bits go against them but i i yeah definitely think that's the case i mean um yeah, it, yeah for sure yeah, and then we watch it yeah and then we next next day next next round we played uh, france, france right so just to little... happen at some point as a prerequisite to this one or as a precursor i was actually starting to feel the pressure now in this round um, you know, we were we we're four majors, uh, you know, we'd won four rounds. We had, you know, we we went into the event in the morning knowing that if we capped France, which we got 85 points out of France, we'd won the event. Um, and the, the pressure was on because the French teams, were, the lists were probably the best, I think, maybe. Um, you know, all the hardest matchups for us. Yeah, there's all, uh, I think... Sweden had the best list, but they weren't the best lists against us. France had no. the best lists against us. France, or yeah. The States. yeah. And, and obviously we played a couple of the French guys uh, before in team events with Facehammer at the Warmer World, and we, we lost that round when we played the French guys. Um, and they they are, they are were the current, um, they were the, like, the reigning ETC champions. I mean, they yep. won it last year. Um, so like in the matchup process in this one, I just like, you know, it was this, I was getting like the pressure was getting to me. I literally just went, got some water, like listened to some music whilst they're doing the matchup process, just knowing that the pressure was on for us to perform in this round um, because we, it was in our hands then almost to tie it up, um, you know, which was, you know, it, it was always going to be difficult, um, you know, going into it just as a sort of like, you know, th- that's the thing that you don't see but when you follow the Twitter, you know, the, the pressure of like having to not having to perform, but it's like it, you think it's like, you know, it's toy soldiers, but you know, we all care. We all wanted to win. And, you know, I particularly as someone new to the, the, like the ETC was like, wow, this is, this is intense. I just wanted to know that the next game I didn't have to worry in. <laughs> like there was such a massive part of me, which was like, please keep, like, I want that bit of my head back. That's like, been thinking about this for however long i just like if we could go into the final round knowing that like everything's going to be okay that would be huge yeah it was it was difficult you know and like um you know i don't know how you felt russ i mean you've been in these situations before buying hands so i um i felt pretty relaxed because i was like we were so far ahead that even if we have a bad round we should we're good enough to recoup it um especially if we played all the other decent teams already that well, I say decent I mean like the ones that are doing well so the top teams um so for me so I wanted to beat the uh, the French obviously and I wanted to leave no doubt of the result but um to be honest like this is a bit of a weird etc for me because I just didn't feel um I didn't feel the pressure. I didn't feel I was very relaxed. I didn't feel the, and I think a, a lot of that is probably to do with going into matchups that I was I was sort of had as bad, knowing that 
I don't need to get 20, I don't need to get 18, I'm only going to need to get the two points, which I can fairly easily engineer with the yeah. with the scenario cards. Um, I think I, it was good I got to play Daughters again, and I was yeah. like, right, now, after playing it the, the yesterday and having to think about it, I you know, and I was a little bit disappointed that I was going through this, and I was like, I've only got, like, I've got one win, and I've got, like, two points, two points, two points. I'm just thinking, I need to get some points, because I'm feeling like it's Six Nations all over again. And um, it's I played Nicolas, and he was a great, he was a nice guy, and this was, like, the stars aligned, and I absolutely destroyed him in two turns. It was just, it was, not only did I get the rub of the green on the dice, but I think I played it perfectly. Um even to the point where I hysterical frenzied off 20 sisters on the first turn because he didn't have a command point, didn't have a formation. Um, and I went first, sort of got that unit down because he had two units of 30 sisters and I was there. He actually beat Sinesh with the pylons. Yeah. And then he, he charged in onto one keeper on one objective with Marafi and 30 sisters. And I just went, right, sisters can go last. Marafi swung, didn't kill me because obviously it wasn't Dagmar as Marafi that one shots a keeper every time it swings a dice. Um, and I went into the sisters and I just popped two sixes on the claws, 25 wounds um, to delete that whole unit. And then Marafi failed to kill me. And then it just it all just kind of come my way. And, and I played a really nice bit of play with the demonettes. I kept them back as a second wave. And then... Um, I won the I won the turn roll and they just went in and this is deleted his army and I was like well that's basically game and even to the point where I was shutting the cauldron off so it couldn't run off charge and then I counter charged it with a keeper and I I thought I had to sacrifice my keeper to get slay but I I mean sacrifice but actually I didn't need to because I thought it had to be your non general hero but it wasn't I just got the missions mixed up but I managed to do it twice anyway and engineer that. Um, quite well, which I was quite proud of, even though I didn't need to do it. But anyway, it was it was in my head. I had to do it, and I played yeah. it, and I got it. So I was happy with that. Um, but yeah, massive 20, 20 points for me. That was that was great. That game. I think you needed it at that point as well, like you know, to get your head back up and stuff, because you'd taken a lot of shit matchups, and that's one of the things that you know you don't actually like. I had a couple of people text me and be like, you know, what, what's going on with Russ? And I'm like, he's taking the shit so that me and Jack Byron can go and smash people. Yeah, it's like it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Looking from the outside, people look at a player who's normally stomping it or whatever, but you only ever need to be looking at the team. And um, yeah. mm. when you spoke about not feeling the pressure as much, Russ, I think Tom and just the attitude of the team in general really helped me with that. I'm I'm fairly calm and collective most of the time anyway, but I just had an overall feeling of like, right, the guys have got your back. Do your best. Yeah, try not to fuck up. But if you do, like you're surrounded by people who are pulling shit out of the bag left, right and centre, it will probably be okay. Um and I just kind of felt that as an overwhelming sense all the way throughout, which took took some of the edge off for sure. And I think that's the good thing about like um the team spirit this year is that there isn't that like, oh, you're not performing or you didn't get what you said you're gonna get and oh for fuck's sake, so and so's made a mistake on the table. There's none of that. It no. was it was all support, all great and that's why I love Darren being on the team because he's just he's like he's like the flavor. Fla- he's like you know he's like the the fucking hype merchant. 
Darren was amazing. I can't yeah, stress it. Great. It's the same I wanted to like cover off. I mean, I think everyone like everyone brings something different to the team environment. I remember I messaged Laurie um, and and Jit Tinsdale, and I'll just be like, I just really wish that they were there because yeah, they're, they're such a common influence. Like and Richie Tins- and Richie, like you know, Richie for like his solid tactical advice, um, Tinsdale for his positive attitude, and Laurie for his like measured decision making. They would have just. It's like that little, those three people at the Six Nations just sort of like smoothed out any kinks, I think, in the, the game. Um, and it would have been lovely to have to have had the boys there. Because um, like there was a ban on mobile phones, wasn't there? You weren't allowed to be caught with your mobile phone at the table. Yeah, uh, it's just for you know, collusion. Pretty, yeah, for stuff like that, which is, you know, it's understandable. Um, well, that was, a, that was from our own self-imposed ban. Yeah. Um, which is amazing what you can achieve when you're not on Tinder, Les. That's, that's what I'm just I know, saying. Right? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just joking. Um, yeah, but I think, like, for everyone, that's their own element. And a bit for me, like, what, what's been missing in other teams I've been in is that just enthusiasm. Yeah. Like, because I've been on multiple teams, like, the enthusiasm and the belief that Darren Watson brings is just great. It just yeah. literally amazing. Like I just, and it was I love my it. Vegan date every meal. Yeah, <laughs> just sat there with grilled vegetables. Like, going like going into that French round, like Darren just took me to one side. He's like, "You're right," and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just like a bit stressed out." You know, I'm feeling the pressure. Um, you know, my self-imposed pressure as well. Like, you know, I wanted to go and perform to prove a point, not only to myself but to like naysayers. And you know, and Darren was just like, "You got this, mate. You got this." And like they, you obviously, I, you can see from the results, I got paired into Slanesh, um, and I was playing a guy called Philippe, who um, I played before at the team event, and he'd beaten me at the last team event we played at. Um, and I, you know, I walked up to the table, like you know, I walked up. It's that channeling that fat, fat dick spirit, Byron. Um, do it. Yeah, walked up to the table, and I was just like, he, he shook my hand, and I was like, you're mine this time. And he looked at me, and he, and he just started laughing. Um, and yeah, like I made him quit turn two. Because like everything just like you know he couldn't touch me with his army. He felt two tenants charges, and then I got thirty slayers into three keepers and two marauders on the first turn, all wholly within twelve of the the drop. So I piled in and attacked twice and killed didn't everything. You roll the six oh. just to add insult to injury, didn't you? All the six on the, the extra um... attacks. Yeah, for the extra attacks on the the rune roll. Um, it was when I piled everything in. It was it was the perfect moment because I tagged all three keepers. I'd already popped the the six for the extra attack on the hearth guard, um, and I. I was in there with it and i was like okay cool um and he was like right i was like roll your locust because it's the end of the charge phase and he rolled his two up locust and he goes okay so you you fight at the end of the phase i was like cool spend a command point we're going initiative order it's my turn so i'll go it's, first take it it's my turn so i'll go first kill everything <laughs> age of initiative wars you know <laughs> And uh, again, I just, like I said, I killed the, the three keepers with the first swing and the marauders with the other. And he went, I'm going to run the, um, I'll run the, the my, um, my hero to the corner and get my one point and trip man. And that was that. Because he knew then at that point, I was like, I'd made a castle. I, but by the castle, if you look on the, the Age of Sigmar WhatsApp, Age of England AOS, um, you can see what I mean by it, where he couldn't get into my heroes. Everything was minus one to wound. Um, and yeah, it was just a case of like, if you come and get, if you come at me, you're fighting, you know, the, the, the hearth guard. And, you know, and I kill whatever that hearth guard block kills, whatever it touches. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. That's awesome. So yeah, we had a hundred. We we capped the round, and that was it done. I did. Um, I had a fair bit of luck in my game, so I played against fire slayers, 
and um, a gent of opponent. Um, he's the guy that you played at uh, the team event, Les? Yeah. Uh, no, I played Philippe. No, I played him. Oh, uh, you played him. Yeah, yeah super, I played him. Nice. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. I knew I'd have an amazing game against him. Um, basically, I didn't kill as much as I needed to. Um, he deployed again very, very, very well against me, but we were playing in uh, Star... That's Christ- Christoph, isn't it? The guy you played. We. Oui. Uh, Star Strike. So obviously, there's there's a point in Star Strike with pop up armies, or a lot of people play where you bank heavy for one side of the board because you got a two third chance of getting it. When I remove my casualties, I remove. I need to explain this better. So I moved up an entire massive line that covered the table, um, covered all my positions as best as I could, and then I had to leave a gap somewhere when I took off casualties. Um, where he was going to get that nine inch space where he could, he could pop up his diggy diggy slayers. And I left it on the side where his slayers already were, where we were already fighting. Um, just trying to give him a, a like as difficult charge as possible. Uh, I, I didn't have cogs up, so he's going to be on a nine with a reroll. Um, or I think he had, no, he, he had plus to charge. So like an eight with a reroll or something like that. And, the thinking there was to just make sure that his eggs were all in one basket because he was going to win that side of the table, whatever happened anyway. If miraculously stuff all landed in the middle and left-hand side, then the game was on for me regardless of what I had left. Uh, yeah. Everything, like, so he was like, okay, so you can roll the first one. Landed right left-hand side. I'm like, okay, it could be on. Uh, then he, he, I said, so one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, for the next one, rolled it. And he said, for the other one, and he did it in a different order. And I was like, does he think that that order, the other order was unlucky? And it was like a five or a six rather than a one and two. So they landed bam, 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 left side, left side, left side. And I ended up pulling it out the bag, literally with a unit of 10 Savage Orc Bowmen and a Wurgog Prophet on the board. Wow. Uh, so yeah, that was like, that was a super, it was a ridiculous game. It like, I needed a lot of luck for it there to be anything, but by the end of it, I was like putting my big boss in the way, like piling him into the back rear corner of his unit. So he had to pile in towards it or not move doing everything and anything I could like double flying units in the way, just anything I could to make it so that I was speed bumping him as well as possible, but I uh, ended up squeezing it basically. Cool. That was okay. the big win against the French. Mm-hmm. So like, we all got together then, didn't we? And got in a big circle and went, Oh Yeah. Yeah, it like the just, penny dropped. It was just I mean, like, we were, and Tom was like, "Don't, don't, don't cheer, don't do anything." Like, but yeah. you know, we've done it. We've done ben it. Curry, ben Curry and everyone was in the WhatsApp, like you know, in the 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 the, the playtest WhatsApp that we've got, and he was just like, "Boys, boys, update, update, update," because he knew that we could, you know, we could do it. And I, I like put it in, and I was like, "It's done." And then um, you know, just the, the support from back home was was amazing. Yeah, I think they announced it over the tunnel on blackout, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. I saw Richie and, and Tinsdale wearing like, you know, their their England shirts and stuff. You know, showing their support whilst they couldn't be out with us. Yeah, it was great. And um then we, we played the Swiss in the last round, didn't we? Yeah. We did. So, we didn't want to just be like super cash beery beery. We wanted to give them a, a proper game and kind of respect the event as a whole. So we went into it just as we would have gone into any other round, pretty much. We went into it and we we played it as if it was the you know the first round of the tournament, um, albeit with the pressure off. Um, Maudsley, the you know our wonderful captain, tweeted um, 
is Les about to get the chokes in? He's on five major wins going into the last round. Like, you know, do the Les Martin choke, which is I lose every game, the last game of every tournament. Um, and um, yeah, so I had like a load of pressure because of that as well. The dick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all because you put it on yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. He's not doing it. It's not me. So, so, so I put more pressure on myself than anyone else ever does. And that's like in in everything that I do from, you know, my work life to my, you know, my hobby and everything. I, you know, I will put pressure on myself to perform more than anyone else ever, ever will. I mean, that's just something that I'm like, um, but yeah, you know, going into that Swiss game, it was nice to go in with like, felt almost like the weight of the internet off our shoulders. Yeah. Um, I, I ended super, up super pleased and happy and just like, yay. <laughs> Yeah. I ended up playing um, uh, Daughters of Cain again and uh, I played a guy called Stefan and he deployed, it was nice to the heart and he played really, really, really defensive and I just did a very methodical blob up the table, pick off points with my spare keeper line up for the attack on the um, attack on the objective went in I double turned but, but on, the, on the second turn went in, I had the um, stupefy off on the cauldron, um, smashed it, direct, um, pulled the cauldron in, and was like, right, I'll let you attack me because I need you to kill my keeper who was stood by mystical terrain. And unfortunately, I passed too many mystical terrain tests and left me on one wound. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have got, uh, I would have got my mission as well. Um, and then the game ended, um, uh, because it's auto, auto win one, um, 18 2, because I didn't, he did, I didn't get my mission and he kept heirlooms, um, against me. Um, so, but it was, it was great. I mean, he, he kind of felt, he played so defensive. I was like, you, you, you're, you're only ever losing this game. And he fed me, he fed me piecemeal units into my keeper. So I was going to win the minor as well because he didn't, he didn't really affect the game. I don't know whether it was just like, I, he didn't fancy the matchup and he knew that, that it was England. I don't know, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand why it was so defensive, but my opponent know. didn't fancy the matchup either. So my round one was over in five minutes. <laughs> sorry. So I, I just went. You can have the win. Yeah, he he started deploying, but he started deploying back into his carry case. I was like, what? And he's like, honestly, dude, I've played this three times with my friend who has a list like yours. Um, I think I'd rolled the triumph and I got hits as well. And he was just like, okay, no. <laughs> um, so I got to leave the pizza oven area and go and get lemon beer. Yeah. So like, whereas my opponent was fucking up for it, <laughs> he <laughs> he wanted to fucking smash me, and um, he nearly did. He nearly had me. Um, he uh, he took first turns like Stormcast list, Stardrake, Evocators, uh, Comet, um, and yeah, like first turn drops a Comet in the castle, straight in the castle, which I left space for because I figured it would bait him to do it, um, you know, because he was always going to do it anyway. Um, he drops it down, um, and uh, I promptly fell all my four ups. Uh, he puts mortal wounds on all my heroes. Um, he then gets the priority. I fail all my four ups, and he probably kills the two heroes, the, the two little heroes that protect everything, um, which then made it really difficult. Um, he, he then rammed the the you know the the star drake, which you know he would thought the retreat and charge star drake would go into a load of fire slayers. Um, um, he puts the star drake in on a one up save, um, and uh, I made a decision to 
piling poorly, not piling poorly, piling specifically in a way to maximise the amount of attacks on the Star Drake, because it would have been on a three up re-rolling ones at this point to be able to put the the, the enough damage through on the Star Drake to, to kill it. Um, and uh, left it on one wound. He then won the priority again, which allowed him to then, after we'd fought, um, you know, in the next phase, bite a fire slayer out of the unit and remove coherency. So then I had to remove eight fire slayers to get back into coherency. Um, so it was a very, very, very tough game um, just with stuff going um, going against, you know, like, you know, everything that could have gone wrong for the list did, um, which kind of makes up for the fact that it felt like everything did go right on all the other games. Um, but yeah, no, it, was a, it was a really, really close thought game. I, I thought going into turn four, I'd already outscored him enough to to win the the game. Um, but he and he we he agreed that I had, but wanted to play out the game properly because he wanted to give me um, the full the full experience. If that makes sense, he wants to play all the turns and play it all properly because that's what they do in Switzerland. And I was like, yeah, of course. Like you guys, I, I won't give up. You know, we play to the end. And I was like, yeah, this was the 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 only. Um, there was a little bit of slight language barrier a little bit this time, but I think it's because at this point, you know, I was three beers deep, um, and I don't drink a lot, and also it was a bit loud and rowdy and stuff. But yeah, I get mate speaking yeah. English. No, I don't understand you. Is it yeah. like that? Um, I like, I like it, the way you like. He's like the Swiss don't give up, and Byron's opponent's already walked off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the, the guy was an absolute legend. Really nice to play, um, and yeah, and I managed to break my my streak of um, of not losing all my games, um, and also like Jack. It was uh, really nice as well because like at this point, then like single scores don't matter at the event at all, um, but like. Jack was like leading the tournament with most tournament points scored. I was second. Um, then the Swiss player that Jack played was third. And then Darren was fourth. Oh, is it Darren fourth? Darren was fourth at this point. Um, and yeah, Jack was, I think, four points ahead of me. Yeah. Um, four points ahead of me. And Jack took a bad matchup in this round. And like, I was like, I said to Jack, I was like, oh, I was like, you know, if you lose this matchup, mate, it's like, you know, I'll be, you know, six and oh, and, you know, top score. Cause you know, I'd had a few beers at this point and thought that well, I was going to just walk the next game. Cause it was far, like Sparsos versus Stormcast. Um, and, and I yeah, think Jack, it was the round before when it, where he played this French Skaven player. Jack played the Skaven player. And in, yeah, in, that was the bad matchup, but he managed to win that one. Yeah, he yeah he won it twenty. No, and the um the the Grissigal one he thought was going to be quite different. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, like yeah, so. Um, it's not it, a, it's not a done deal at all. It's quite if it goes off and people get enough movement, then uh, it can be pretty bad for daughters, I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway. Uh. Long story short, Jack. Uh. Jack Armstrong just wins games regardless of whether they're bad matchups or not. Um. And he twenty nilled. Um. So he knocked the guy in third place, highest TP scored. Uh into um i think it was i think he'd like you know, mid table um i, I obviously I, I won major and finished second behind jack um and then baron finished third so it was a one two three for most tp scored at the event yeah great result our smashy boys done smashing yeah who would have thought there you go and that was the end of the rounds and saw us um picking up the uh the win at the ETC on quite a massive margin, to be fair. What did we get that is, if not as good as the win, even better, that completely surprised us and made us a bit moche? Yeah. Uh, that'd be the best sporting 
vote. Fucking best boying. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a picture of me and me and Tony holding the flag um, yeah. to try and break the internet. It's oh, like, like Russ and Tony wins best sports. <laughs> like so. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll say how it was for me. I'm not sure if it was the same for you guys. But basically, I was stood there, still a bit shell shocked. Like, we, and we'd started drinking a bit. Like, oh my god, we won! That was amazing. I'm like exhausted and happy and whatever. And this has been brilliant. They start calling out awards. They do best painted, then they do best sports, then they say a team name that's ours. And I like started stepping forward, and then like what? And then and then someone poked me in the back. They're like, no, it is you. So we went forwards, got like stood on the podium, got the uh, got the flag. And then we stepped down, and it was only when I stepped down and looked at everyone who had voted for us, I was suddenly, like, swept with emotion. It was like, oh, my God, they've all voted for us, despite the fact that, like, we've, we've done really well in the rounds. Obviously, that shouldn't be a factor, but generally speaking is. Um, and just looked at everyone. They were all cheering. And then I got mega emotional. I was just like, thank you, everyone. <laughs> yeah, There's a great picture on the ETC photo album where we've got the wet tom's waving the flag and everyone looks way more happy than when we've got the actual trophies in our hand. <laughs> <laughs> it meant a lot it was um, it did, yeah i mean yeah. Was, i mean just touching on what you said byron it's like you know i uh, you know i i sort of like it sunk in i had like when i had a beer and i had a sit down and stuff and it's you know this is when you look back at the, you know, I look back at what I've done with Warhammer and it was like, I started playing Warhammer 8th edition, not like, I think it was nine years ago or 10 years ago. Um, and, you know, at that point in time, you know, I was into the hobby massively and, you know, and I was a, a total podcast fanboy as a podcast, like, you know, with bad dice and like and healing hammer and like garage hammer from the States. I just loved all of the podcasts and the black Sun, Like I don't want to like miss those guys. Eh? And I was like, I, I really had like a moment where I was just like, I started playing Warhammer 10 years ago and I knew about like, you know, you hear names like me and Russ met at that tournament and I knew Russ was because of me had spoken about on the podcast, you know, um, and I look at it and I go, so I played Warhammer 10 years ago. All of the people that like, you know, that were like quote unquote Warhammer celebrities at that point are my friends now. And, you know, I'd heard about the ETC and like I had, like I played for Scotland at the Six Nations in Eighth Edition, and because my mum's Scottish, and you know, and that was something that I got to do. And I never in a million years thought that I would ever get to play Warmer for England at the ETC, um, let alone go out there and win it. So, and it's like it's a ten-year journey for me. Like you know, I never come into it thinking that's what I wanted to do, but it was just like the path that this path of this, like you know, that Warmer has made for me has been like it's it's made me some of the best friends I've got. Um, and it's sort of like it expanded everything in my life really. And to go and play at the ETC and, and, you know, and win it was like, yeah, it was proper sort of like humbling moment for, for me at least, you know, oh, you must, you've done it before. You hadn't done winning it before. Um, I, I was in a weird place cause I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel a lot. Like I didn't feel like oh we've won. Like I wasn't like really happy. I know that's really bizarre. I just didn't want to like bring everyone down. <laughs> I don't know why. I was just in a weird place. But um I have I've done a podium at ETC before I come third and we won the shield that year, um, in Poland. Um but it was like a it was something that I really wanted to wanted to achieve. Um I think as well it was it's just like a really nice feeling. I think when we went out for the meal afterwards, it kind of sunk in a bit more. Um, but in the like the awards ceremony, I was still a bit kind of numb to it. I don't know why, but um, 
it was just great and I was just it was just really nice that everyone was happy that we won and everyone was like oh you were the the team that we really liked playing and it, that was more that was what did it for me when I got down and the Polish guys and the Russian guys said like they were like you look surprised and I was like yeah you got sports they're like we love playing your team you're all lovely I was just like thank you (laughs) um I yeah so I mean yes it was great feeling to win to be honest and um it's it was um it's one of those things that it's kind of hard to get back into like the routine of your normal life when you come back and you get like massive like like post-tournament blues it's like being on tour isn't it it's really weird because all you've done is wake up like hang out with lovely people but like go play warhammer play warhammer find out your matchup for the next day like i had a i had every every list printed off with armor save and wounds next to it and each night before bed i'd read I'd read what the opponent's teams had in it. We'd have probably discussed it over dinner. You wake up, like, pretty early, have your breakfast, Warhammer for four hours, break, Warhammer for four hours, repeat, and then you get to the end of it, and it's just like, Upper? Where's the, uh, Warhammer? Mm-hmm. Warhammer? Yeah. Shotgun back to work. <laughs> I think it's like a massive, um, people look at the round times, and they think, oh, they're going to be bored, or it's not going to be, there's going to be too much time hanging around, and it just really isn't. No. And I think um, it's quite draining to do three days of Warhammer to that level um, with all the matchups and everything. And it's like before the event, it, I find the hardest bit about the ETC is the build up to the event. Yeah, because you're like you're not doing the hobby you want to do. You you like you you're like oh there's all this stuff to sort out around like travel and all that and then there's you're just going up to it going oh, oh I don't know if I want to go and oh this is this is pissing me off and all this and then once you're out there it all goes out the window so yeah. it's um it's yeah it's good I did I did have a really good time so that's Warhams Evs there you go um and I think that's basically ETC um in terms of event um don't ask for us to say really other than it was great if it's not going to extend things too much i have a question for each of you which is so like we've kind of chopped six months of our hobby life out we haven't known about the new edition particularly or got to play it or anything like that in like two or three sentences what is the thing you're the most excited about doing now in the hobby it's uh, difficult for me and Russ because we can't talk about it. We can't talk about it. Um, so but I mean, I've like, got... are you going to play a different? Are you going to play like some? There's Warcry that exists now. We've been ignoring that. Are you going to play different systems? Are you going to like, like, so I, rip out I've an got... army you're really excited to play? Or I'm excited about pl- painting. I have an army project I'm going to start soon. Um. What I have done is I've gone mad for Warcry and I had it all before the ETC and I couldn't touch it. Um, so I today I've been building terrain and building warbands and I really want to get my Warcry stuff done. And the other thing I really want to do is a Titanicus. I've got all the stuff built, magnetized. I just want to get paint on it. And for me, I've got um, a couple projects that never went anywhere because um, I had to put them on hold and I went over to Sunesh. So I've got a Sylvaneth army that... I'm probably going to give back to you, Byron. Sorry. Um, and also got quite a fair lunch of Sunesh stuff because I got a lot of flares, so um, I don't need that anymore. And then I've also got a Skaven army that I'm not going to do. And I think I just need to prioritise on my time on 
stuff that I could actually achieve in the time that I've got. And event-wise, I can't do eggs. Um, We've got Face Hammer coming up, which, to be honest, I was looking at the... I need to look at the handbook and then rewrite the pack, but I don't think there's an awful lot that's going to be different. Um, And then... Uh, we've obviously got things like Blood and Glory coming up and the final um, and then that's pretty much rolling around to the end of the year um, whether or not I'll make the Masters on the events that I've played in I don't know but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it but yeah I mean it's for me it's just this year, isn't it the Masters it's an extended season so you've got time. oh is it yeah uh, okay fair enough I wasn't sure so um, yeah because I, I don't get a chance to play in a lot of um uh, big events because I run two of them and then with the ETC it kind of takes over so um, I haven't done as a kind of the competitive element once you've achieved stuff you don't really have that drive anymore and like for me and Jack like the ETC was like the last thing that we really wanted to achieve um, Jack's way more competitive than me but he just wants to like win everything four times now, so he can say he's done it four times. With, and I or get like the four hundred and stuff. Like that. I don't, I don't really care about that. It's um, I'm, I'm a bit more, a bit more chilled. But yeah, I, I mean, to me, I, I'd like to paint some more Warcry stuff. I've wanted to have massive loads of scenery to paint, so I'm just going to hammer that first, and then I'm going to start painting my warbands and uh, give that a go as a nice chilled out game. Um, and then my Titanica stuff, just while I'm waiting to start my new project, which. I, don't think I can talk about. Cool. How about you, Lazy Boo? Um, for me, I'm I'm kind of like painting. I just want to say not speed painting. Uh, no, I'm, 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 I want to say like take this as a like an opportunity to say a massive thank you to Jack um, because I've come back from the ETC and like I feel like I clicked with the Fire Slayers um, and I actually by the end of it I really enjoyed playing with them um, and. Uh, me and Jack had a conversation and I was going to go and buy that fire slayer army and then, um, and then contrast it. Cause I did, uh, the other day I painted the, um, the chosen axis from shade spire, um, yeah. in contrast. And I did like all four of them in like four eras. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do, uh, I'll do that fire slayer army. Um, so I was talking about it and I was like, you know, talking to Jack and stuff. And Jack was like, don't, don't buy it. You can borrow the army till the end of the year still. So by like, a massive thank you for Jack for, you know, for lending me, his army essentially to the end of the year because it means that i now can just do what i want to do as opposed to paint an army that i have to get ready for the table and that um, is what paint without a deadline what is it yeah. so so i've got um i've got an army project that i'm going to be working on which um is going to be uh just you know off the cards for like i can't really talk about it at the moment um but that one is something that you know i think rob ellis fucking gave me a kick up the ass from pro painted uh he was like well i don't know etc mate fucking smashed it can you paint a nice army now <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was so so i'm gonna do a painting army i'm gonna do an army because like a lot of i haven't painted to put a nicely painted army on the table in what fucking three years two years um, so I want to paint a nice army. Um, I've also, I've been, one of the things I like, you know, the boys at the, the, the chumps are like Liam, Kieran, like Forrest and Seabear and all the rest of them. Sorry if I missed you. Um, the, they, and everyone else. And gonna, I'm going to upset everyone now because I've not named them all. Um, but yeah, they've been running a Blood Bowl league um, with the playoffs and stuff. So I've got like a Darkhaft team that I've been really enjoyed doing because I wanted to scratch that war game in itch, but like I couldn't play 
like you know i, I had to do etc practice with the with the fire slayer so when i didn't want to play warhammer i was playing blood bowl with the guys so i've got that um i've got uh war cry and um, i'm gonna do like i think gary hennis is gonna looking at doing like a little little event and like you know there's talks about uh dan mitchell hanging out like you know and, and for like our birthday weekend and and, and playing war cry there so i want to paint the corvus cabal to like a really high standard because 10 models um so like that's what like you know for me it's it's going to be the an army project that's going to take a little bit of time for me to get done and um, the uh carry on with the blood bowl league with the boys um because it's fucking amazing um then sort of like do do the painting on the Corpus Cabal and do some Warcry stuff, and that's that's where I am like with it at the moment. Is I've got a couple events coming up. I've got, um, you know, I've got the the Liverpool event with uh, Richie that he's putting on uh, the Justice series. Um, we've got the final, I've got Blood and Glory, um, and you know, and, and bad fire slayers, fire slayers, fire slayers for your fire slayers to the end of the year because I feel like in the new edition of the in the new handbook they they come out well in the wash with no points changes. Uh, their biggest biggest setback is uh, objectives being quite far apart whereas all the objectives seem uh, closer together with the new handbook missions so i still think that they're competitive um, you know i don't think i think you need to get the right run of things um to win an event with them because of some of the missions you just get eight maneuvered on but um you know i i, I think they're probably a four now or five and five and oh army cool yeah. how about you brian uh, I'm going to play something that isn't bone spurs. I might take them to the final because they got me there. Uh, obviously, I can't I can't rock out the uh, top tier etc wonderfulness, which is nine command points, any longer. Thank God. But um, I might take them to the final. I just want to play something different though. I I wasn't exaggerating when I literally feel like I've slightly forgotten how to play Warhammer. So I'm probably going to play if I can get it done in time. I'm literally talking like a week here. I'm probably going to play death for eggs because i still don't know how death work and that sounds really weird given that people have heard me talking about playing against them quite a lot with various armies but i i genuinely don't know like i know how it works in theory but i've not seen death summoning working on the table for example because i've either played like i don't know nagash and 60 grim gusts and got rumpled or i've played nagash and 60 <laughs> grim gusts and just killed them and the general before he could do anything so i was so worried about it so um yeah i'm gonna try and squeeze out a weird elite death army in time to take it to eggs and i have no expectations of doing particularly well there but i think it'll be a good one to kind of get back into like big base monster positional play debuffing using magic on my opponents rather than just myself four times in a row and um learning how to play warhams again yeah that's cool i think for me like the the new project i'm gonna do i'm gonna try and do a high level painted army because i haven't done one for a while i've done like tabletop high-end tabletop standard but i think i want to take my time on it and i want to i want to achieve something um in terms of paint quality with it so um i'm looking forward to that i feel i feel like the hobby's mine again if that makes sense after the ecc yeah for sure um, exactly i do i do really like my sinesh army and a lot of people gave me a lot of good comments i mean it is just contrast and um so i am tempted to put some effort to bring it up to high level um but it's pain all the summoning that puts me off <laughs> so. i'm sure there's there's so there's so flavored the month i'm sure you'll be able to pick up some summoning from from someone that's already built if that yeah, takes probably. any time or something like that so um that's everything that puts me off to be honest but 
There you go. But I might um I might ask Bri- uh, Brian if I can have an extension loan on the uh, summoning pool so I can use them at the next couple of events. Um because I think I talked about going to that justice series as well, so I need to like sort that out and check the timings and book my ticket and stuff. So um but it'd be nice to get another big event in for me. Um just so I've I've got more than just the final and blood and glory to go. Um because unfortunately I can't do that blood in the shire. Uh, event now because um, I'm going to go watch the NFL. So <laughs> it's uh, yeah, cool hobby, hobby, hobby. Yeah, there you go. So um, uh, yeah, I mean we could talk for hours about all the amazing people at ETC, and we've probably forgotten people or forgotten to mention stuff. But hopefully, um, it gives you guys an idea of what it's like. Um, hopefully, other countries that didn't have a team this year will put a team forward. Yeah, um, and uh, hopefully. Uh, next season, uh, you know, we can put our put another strong England team forward and defend our title. For sure. Um, I mean, so. On that note, thank you to anyone who was involved in the running of it, making it happen previous years, this year, future years. And on a second note to do with um, the team and selections and stuff, if anyone can get to the ETC and play for a team, regardless of whether it's England, do it. It's just a brilliant experience. Then there, if especially if teams are up to eight or if more nations are jumping in that are smaller or might struggle, then they will jump at the chance. I think two or three people had the offer this year um, to play for other teams and didn't take it, but you still have an amazing time. You'll be able to hang up help with us. Yeah, thoroughly recommended. It would be really nice. I know, um, I'm sure Matty probably will uh, not be happy about me saying this on air, but um, I've been talking to Matty Watkinson about, um, you know, it would be really good to see a New Zealand team out there. Wicked. With like, you know, because um, Matt is obviously a highly competitive player from the 8th edition days and knows what he's doing with Age of Sigmar. So um, it would also, if I'm, you know, if I make the England team next year, which will be, you know, I'm sure the competition is going to be really tough to get on the team again. Um, you know, it'd be nice to see an Australian team out there so we can have the first Age of Sigmar Ashes, yeah, bridge sure. general's book and put it in an urn. Um, yeah. and do it that way. So like challenges down to the Dwellers boys, like, you know, put a fucking Aussie team together, lads. Please. Yeah. So we can smash you. I mean, play. So I went all Terry there. Where did the egg finish this year? Hey, where did um, where did Hoen and uh, and the um, the egg finish at Blackout this year? Because they went to Blackout, didn't they? Oh, did they? No idea. Yeah, uh, we'll have to find out. But yeah, it'd be lovely to see everyone, and I'm looking forward to seeing everyone. And if any of you have events you'd like us to attend abroad that we probably don't know about or have missed in our kind of six month bubble let us know because it'd be great to come and see you in your countries. Yeah, we me and you talked about the, the Polish GT. Um, we're talking Swedish about Trump. potentially as well. Yeah, going over, playing at Domus's event. Um, yeah, the Midwest, Midwest Markdown. Yeah, yeah, that we're like, I'm definitely up for Midwest Markdown next year. I'd, 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 players, I'd, I think. Yeah, I'd like to go and do the one that Chuck does as well. Is it Nova that Chuck does? Yeah, I think so, it's yeah. Just, so whether I can pull off the, uh, you know, go to America twice in a year to play Warmer. <laughs> And everything else. I'd love to do CanCon as well because that's Aussie, but like that's a big flight. Slug in it. Yeah, I'm not sure I could survive that flight. <laughs> right. Anyway, I, I think we've um, we've talked around it enough, so I think that's enough for this show. So um, thanks for listening, and um, let us know what you think. And yeah, we'll talk to you soon. There are still tickets for eggs. Come and see us there. It is next weekend, which is the 24th of yeah. August. Yeah, and uh, Facehammer 
new pack will come up soon. Basically, I think um, I'm leaning towards just straight out the book as it is in the pack with the realm spells as it is in the pack. So no changes really. It's just it's just gonna be exactly the same. Um, and then yeah, hopefully we can do some good coverage there, and uh, we'll see everyone soon. Absolutely. Cheers, guys. All right. See you now. To make sure you don't miss out on any more Hammer to Your Face, subscribe to us on iTunes, add our RSS feed to your reader, and follow us on Twitter at facehammer underscore. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to give us some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.